3: Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to
2: blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk.
0: Um, I have a question um, for Dr. Francis Cresswell. Um, on a job, I've been subjugated to white harassment, which involved me and another white woman. I go by a code of conduct when it comes to dealing with white folks, and, uh, I minimize my contact with them. I don't speak to them, and the company that I work for does service for the hotel that she just so happened to, um, work for. And, um... When she tried to speak to me, um, I would ignore her, and I wouldn't talk to her or anything, and I would just um, grab the papers and go on with my day. And I've noticed that, you know, there are consequences when it comes to ignoring white women on the job. And um, I got, got um, news from the um, VP of the hotel that they had um, contacted my manager Saying that um, I was harassing her because I was ignoring her. I wasn't um, following proper job procedures or anything like that. And what I've noticed is that um, when I was outside of my booth, she tried to come speak to me again. And I just kept ignoring her boyfriend. Her boyfriend said, Hey, black effer. Like, hey, black mother effer. Like, you know, I think that was his way of trying to get my attention. So I laughed. And I continued on ignoring him and, um, also her. And I noticed how he went on the inside of the hotel and tried to pick a fight with my black coworker who was just so happened to be African at the front desk. So they called security on him. And, um, she got frustrated and she told me, well, you should be happy. A woman of my status is trying to speak to you anyway. Um, I have a question. Um, Is there anything that I did wrong? Is there another way I should have handled the situation? Um, Do you have any um, input on it?
4: I would just suggest, and, and correct me if I didn't hear you totally, you see, I think that start out in terms of attempting to be courteous and respectful
0: at all times you know
4: to the extent it's hard though
0: it's very Uh, hard you know see
4: sometimes white females want to insist that a black male give them attention and they are and i'm not saying give the female any attention beyond being professional and polite uh do, do you see what i'm saying? And yeah. you may have to give, uh, you know, sit down with your manager and say um, the person is being demanding, or that I relate to them. Are there guidelines that you would like to give me about how I can conduct myself in a professional way? Do, do you see? I, I I don't date people on the job. If that is What the issue is, but sometimes they can be very provoking. I had a situation where a young black man um, in Boston, he was working in in Senator Kennedy's office, and a white female would constantly come by his desk and touch him. And he said, "Dr. Welsing, how should I handle it?" And I said you can say that, you know, really this is sexual harassment. And her response was, who are you going to tell? Who will they believe, you or me? Do you see what I'm saying? So that whole thing of trying to, whether she's trying to get her white boyfriend to have a response that I will protect you from this black monster, you see. But I would start out saying in the workplace, you know, try to have uh, conduct that is professional in relationship to other coworkers. In other words, you may have an idea about what racism, white supremacy is, but in terms of your performing in your work setting, You know, so then I'm going to be rude and disrespectful. I would say uh, don't use that approach. If you can, you know, be polite and courteous, but uh, that doesn't mean, you know, laughing and grinning and, uh, you know, well, don't you date? Don't, you know, a number of black males have said, white females have said to them, oh, you're not interested in white females? Oh, don't you date white females? Uh, do you see where a person is honest and they might answer, no, I do not. Thank you very much. No, I do not. Do you see, but if somebody is attempting to be provocative, you may have to resort to uh, speaking to a supervisor. Uh, please tell me how... Uh, I can handle this situation. You see I am being polite and courteous and doing my job in relationship to this person, but I I would prefer to not have all of this extra attention. Does that make any sense to you?
0: That makes perfect sense. Um I also want to add is that I completely, I mean, I completely appreciate all the things that you've done throughout the years. And I consider you neither for Mr. Mr. Neyfiller's partner in justice. And, um, I just want, I just appreciate everything that you've done.
5: I don't have time. Look, black people's time is precious. It really is. Because by the time you figure out anything, your time is up. They got it set up that way. By the time you pay off anything, the thing that you pay it off ain't worth having. That's from a house to a car. And while I'm on the subject, since I just mentioned it, kind of bouncing around now, but I'm talking about application of a counter-racist code. Stop worshiping a car, any kind of car. What is your And think of it logically. What is your car worth to you when you are not in it? The only time your car is worth anything to you is when you are in it. The moment you step out of it, it's a liability. I mean a total liability. You come out there and people are sitting on it. It's got four parking tickets. Yeah, somebody broke into it. Steering column is all messed up. It is not worth anything. It's just like all the rest of the millions of cars out there. Yet you are working two jobs paying for it. It's sitting out there on the lot, and you're inside the building trying to pay for it, and you're not ever in it. You spend all your time going to and fro those jobs when you're in it. And the white supremacists had that figured out, too, when they started making them. They got this stuff computerized. They got your whole existence computerized. They know where you are at all times and what you're doing and what's important to you. Now, who do you blame for this? You charge the person who did it. You can catch them. But the blame is where? For everything that happens under white supremacy, who is to blame using logic and truth and justice? Who? The white supremacists. Why? Because they're in charge. If I get on the ship and all the sailors are drunk and throwing whiskey bottles and you know and swinging on the sails, you know, laying over there and not working, anybody's been in the Navy or anything like that, and you come aboard and the ship is supposed to be out of port two days ago, and everybody is just all over the place. drunk, sleep, fighting, You don't deal with the crew. You go straight where? To the captain's cabin and knock on the door and say, what in the world is going on out here? All right, you took the position of being the captain of this ship. What about black leaders? What's that? Who said that? I heard you say that because I know you know. Did you say that? That's true. See, that's an easy target. See, when you're weak and you feel weak and you want somebody to blame that's easy to blame and nobody's going to jump all over you for doing it because the white supremacists certainly are not or you wouldn't do it. You blame the black leader. So the code says, who are the leaders of black people under the system of white supremacy, using logic. The white supremacists, same culprit. So just forget about blaming Miss Eleanor Holmes Norton, or Colin Powell, or Clarence Thomas. See, black people, that's a favorite sport. Give me one of those black people that I can stand up here on the corner and have a, a foaming at the mouth session about. <laughs> Don't give me nobody white, because I can't deal with that. I know I ain't going nowhere with that. So give me somebody that I might run across in the hood that I can beat up on, and y'all won't be looking for who done it. A sport enjoyed by all, waiting to see who the nigga of the week's going to be the Tom of the week is going to be, so you can make a target of them. The code says stop it. Try to grow up. And on the job, same thing. Well, if it wasn't for these two or three Toms we got here, I wouldn't be in the shape that I'm in. Those people that you call Toms get their instructions from someone. Now, you grow up enough to get the guts to deal with the people where they got you their instructions that is a requirement of the code otherwise shut up see we're saying we're going into this new 21st century and all like that we can't keep doing the same old thing that's just a, that's a wonderful habit that everybody can play everybody can play that game in fact the racists say well look we got to make a couple of official times for the rest of the black people to get mad at you know So they won't be coming down here in our office, and they do that right on the job. People have asked me, say, well, Fuller, what do you do about these Toms on the job? I said, first thing you do is look in the mirror and see if you qualify. What exactly is an Uncle Tom according to truth and logic, counter-racist truth and logic, a victim of white supremacy? who is cooperating with white supremacy in any one or more of these areas of activity, and there's nine of them, any minute of any day in any measure. So when I go tom hunting, first thing I do is look in the mirror and straighten my tie and try to really look like a good one because that's what I am. Because that's what's in that mirror. So just looking at the person next to me and say, you're a bigger tom than me. Well, so what? Remember the scene in Gone with the Wind? You ain't the one supposed to say quitting time. I'm the one supposed to say quitting time. Two black people working out in the field. Yeah, Right, one of them looks up at the sun and says, quit in time. And the big black guy says, you ain't the one supposed to say quitting time. I'm the one supposed to say quitting time. Quitting time. See, we're always trying to feel bigger than the next black person. But see, when the real man shows up, we get quiet. And then not only that, that has a devastating effect on black females. We get mad at him and her if she's white. And <laughs> jaws tight all the way while you're driving or riding the subway or whatever until you finally get to the place that you call your residence and then you kick in your own door and knock her down, whoever she is, if she's black, on the floor because you're mad at what happened down there today. Woman, how come you ain't got my meal? How come you, you ain't cleaned up this house? Oh, woof, 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 woof. The code says what? Don't ever hit A black lady unless it's absolute self-defense where you are in mortal danger I don't care what she said you are not qualified don't ever hit her and the black ladies should have it in mind I am never supposed to be hit and if I ever get hit first time last time get that slogan in your mind Now what does that mean, that you're going to hit him? No, it just means you're through with it. No point in calling next week and saying I'm sorry. And every black male should understand this, why? We keep talking about our women. We don't have any women, gentlemen. Why? Because we are being had. You can't be subject to a white man and a white woman and then claim you got something. You don't have a woman, you don't have no land, you don't have nothing. This book ain't even mine. White people can come in here and tell me, get out of here. I want everybody out of here in 15 minutes. Now I might, you know, out of what you call macho pride and whatnot, well now, wait a minute. I mean, you don't have the right to, and you know, but I'm out of here. <laughs>
3: context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday october 2nd 2020 so i have been told uh, happy birthday khadijah not into all the birthday stuff but you know neutralizing workplace racism gusty renegade and for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy uh this is neutralizing workplace racism weekly broadcast not for spectators if you have thoughts observations codification i cannot emphasize enough if you are a black person or a non-white person period anywhere in the known universe and you have figured out a few pieces of codification that work well like these are things to do these are specific things to say that help solve problems in the workplace like these are specific things that will help you out Uh, if you need days off if you need time off excuse me if you need days off if you need time off, uh, if you need space, if you need uh, personal protective equipment, whatever it is, um, hand sanitizer, whatever. If you have figured out how to get your promotions in a timely manner, sparkling performance reviews, whatever it is, you have figured out you have a white woman flirting with you in the workplace. You have figured out how to stop all of that. You are chilling. You got two gallons of hand sanitizer stored in your personal closet just for your use. You got gloves. You get the option to work at home if you want. No one is, you know, coming in and hunching and touching on you, giving you chest bumps, social distancing. Got all your raises and everything. If you're in that position, if you need a little bit of extra time to be at home, make sure that your child is straight going into the new academic year. No problem. Take a week off come back when things are working out or work from home. So you can homeschool your child and make sure that the homestead is held down and then you can handle the fort here at, at, at the work. We'll help out and make sure everything is covered. If you have that type of support, you figured out the language to use or how to finagle policy and procedure to help you solve problems on the job without creating new problems. That is precisely what we need. The number is 720-716. Seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. The number again seven two zero seven excuse me seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate we will oh email I forgot I forgot email until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmailcom feel free I'm uh, we have a number of folks who already emailed but i'll make sure to get in all of the emails uh, as we proceed if you have concerns i want to make sure that you can remain uh, anonymous make sure that your voice is not detected or whatever it is until justice at com, and we can share your commentary on the air with that i have been saying for i don't know a good month and a half or so i've been having major uh, computer problems uh, and looks like uh, both of my computers, actually 2020 has been so horrendous. Certainly I keep in mind, there's been a lot of like death, loss of life, like many wildfires, like all kinds of things. So in perspective, all of that said, I'm still bummed having both of my computers uh, die within like weeks uh, of each other Uh, right in the middle of the summer 2020, or at least not, perhaps not die, but certainly uh, have lots and lots of problems all of a sudden. Uh, And I've been saying, it looks like, wow, they might be major enough that I will not be able to broadcast. And lo and behold, as soon as we finished the broadcast yesterday, I was able to upload uh, the content for CASE, our fourth book study on uh, Isabel Wilkerson's work. I got it uploaded. Uh, it is not on SoundCloud, and that is purposeful. I don't put the audiobook at SoundCloud because I think we might get in trouble with white people. They might, you know, make us take it down, that sort of thing. But it is at Apple Podcasts, Black Talk Radio Network, uh, Blueberry. I think I posted it. Uh, the link at uh, Apple Podcasts earlier today. It's there. I checked it, verified it is work, or at least it was working for me earlier today, this Friday. Uh, but I was able to get all of that done. Uh, immediately once we got off the air and I mean, almost within seconds of getting all of that done computer crashed and was, I was not able to uh, recover it uh, to get it to reboot or anything. Uh, And it was especially cruel because I have a MacBook pro. So I went to the Apple store always, you know, for me at least, that's always, you know, like going to, I don't know, a dentist, court, jail, I don't know. It's uh it is not a fun experience. Anyway, so I go to the Apple store and uh, they're very helpful. Uh, actually get my computer working, I'm stunned. It's working, no problem. We turn it off, turn it back on, boom, boom, boom. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Like I cannot believe my computer's rolling. Okay. Well, Still a major problem, but at least it's working for the time being. I can be appreciative right on folks at the Apple store, literally. And I mean, we like turned it off, turned it back on, like repeatedly unplugged. it, plugged it back in make sure it wasn't, you know, anything crazy. Like once you just have it on the battery, then it'll stop working, anything like that. Literally get out of the store, go sit down, turn it on. And within five minutes, bam, <laughs> like, wait a minute. we. Just, we just, it's like, uh, anyway that's all i said new computer new computer uh we will not be able to do uh i will not be able to do any more broadcasting until i have a new computer um absolutely devastated to be uh struggling totally without uh either of my computers um i reckon if the cats will i say that consistently if the context of white supremacy is worthy of your time and energy and we've gotten any constructive information then hopefully folks will be able to invest and we'll be able to get a new macbook pro to
2: proceed
3: rest of the book study continuing uh trying to share constructive information on what this problem is how we can get it solved uh but definitely we'll be able to get to get we'll be able to do the broadcast today i won't even be able to upload the audio i don't have my you know computer functioning uh, I don't believe uh if it is somehow, then certainly we'll get that done uh but <clears throat> yeah, it's just been a disastrous year. Cleo feel free to drop an email. much obliged to the folks who uh, already responded and some folks already invested uh to help get the computer uh if we have any folks who are super generous, maybe you got all kinds of maybe you were invested in like zoom and hand sanitizer. At the beginning of 2020 so you have come up as they say during the rona uh there is a computer on my amazon wish list uh but other than that feel free to invest or drop an email uh to figure out how to support see if i can get my computer but i thought this might happen it looked like the computer problems were pretty major and here we are unfortunately chalk that up to 2020 lots of casualties anywho uh, for today's broadcast, uh, it's neutralizing workplace racism, as usual. Uh, hopefully, folks will maximize if they have any thoughts to share. Uh, if we're back and, and rolling soon, great. If not, feel free to send emails, and we'll have a stack of emails of workplace racism to get through once we get rolling and get the computer uh, back up and running. But I will make sure we get through all of the emails uh, that folks wanted to touch on. I had the uh, audio component together for what I wanted to uh, share. Like, if, you know, I just have different audio segments. Sometimes I'll have Mr. Fuller talking or Dr. Welsing or it'll be news reports, things that happened this week. I think I said for much of 2020 because of COVID-19, uh, there have been just lots more reports about the workplace because of, you know, a myriad of different factors, businesses having to close down or implement social distancing and, working from home, Zoom conferences, penises in the Zoom conferences, lots of things uh, to talk about. There were two. There was one report on Black construction workers uh, being harassed on their job sites, nothing being done about that. We've talked about Black construction work on the broadcast before. I know some of our listeners are construction workers, and in fact, some of them have called in where they have refined different aspects of their code when they've had white people come and talk to them and say really tacky things, uh, that make sexual things and that type of thing. And just ways of new, exactly. What is this program called neutralizing that sort of conduct? But that I just saw that in the paper this week and the audio report, I just, I literally had it in my hand, uh, on the computer. Uh, before, when I thought for like that five seconds, I was like, "Oh, it's working again. This is a ma- oh, it's not working." For that five seconds, it was right. It was in Chicago, Illinois, uh, and they were talking about, I guess, social workers. Apparently, they have some sort of program where people are employed. Uh, they go around and they work with people who have been uh, victims or traumatized in some way by violence, and I guess they go, they offer support uh, talking with them, therapy, that sort of thing. And they were saying that so many of the employees that were doing this work, they were victims of some sort of violence or trauma themselves. Uh, and they had folks who were uh, sharing, I think it was one person said that he went to, I guess, uh, support one of the folks in the program, do his job, went to offer support or what have you. And he said he got about halfway into it and he started crying. And he said that the person he was supposed to be supporting had to end up supporting him. And I guess he said it was like a group therapy thing, which is, you know, really therapeutic sometimes, they say. But uh, it, it, the, the crux of it was saying burnout. That's what it was talking about. And I was like, wow, I don't even think we talked about that on the program before and that concept of, of burnout where you're on a job and either it's so taxing or time-consuming and or you have so many other stressors Uh, going on in your life, or maybe as with some of these folks, you have trauma that you haven't even dealt with yourself and things that are happening on the job might exacerbate that, you have to take time for you. That's why we talk about self-care on the broadcast so much, especially this year. Self-care, critically uh, important. uh, And just (laughs) that like I said, I can't believe we been doing workplace racism for long so long and have not touched on uh that concept of being burnt out uh but it is super important uh i think we've had a number of folks who talked about being drained stressed depressed all of that would fall under the rubric of being burned out just exhausted and sometimes it can be absolutely exhausting uh, you just feel fatigued, totally worn out, defeated, really, uh, because it can just seem like a daily attack. And you know you're in this toxic environment and you feel like it's no way out and or you can get grueling work. It can, burnout can appear in a lot of different ways. For some people, it can just be that you, you have a lot of work to do, that it's just really, really hard, really grueling work. We know with a lot of non-white people, especially last we called in, getting really bad schedules. Our schedules that are uh, unreliable, chaotic, what people were talking about last week, that can lead to burnout. Getting the more challenging assignments. we've had people talk about that where you don't just get to come in and twirl coffee you know for four hours and then go hang out at the water cooler or go take 45 minute smoke breaks. you don't get to do that. You got the most difficult clients to work with. If it's work with children, you get the most challenging pupils to teach or whatever it is that's going to be most growing time-consuming and painstaking that can lead to bright lots of different ways that it can manifest but really be mindful uh, if, if you're feeling your well-being like you find it difficult to enjoy things because your mind is on what happened at work or you're stressed or in your feelings some kind of way stressed angry sad, nervous, anxious, whatever might be a combination of all of those things about things that are happening in the workplace and this is constant or you just exhausted like you feel like you just it's just work 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 you're not doing anything else it's just grueling assignment after grueling assignment after grueling assignment be really mindful about that it can have such a de- that's why I talk about don't allow yourself to end up in situations where Maybe we had a plan to be there for six months, or maybe we had a thought process about what this job was going to be like, and then we're there for some time, and it becomes a totally different situation, and you can end up being in this sort of situation so long that it has a hugely detrimental impact. I mean, yeah, take that, see, I, I so wish I could have got that audio segment in, uh, because I was just like, man, that is uh, a blind spot, as they call it, burn. Uh, I don't think non-white people especially black people I don't think we spend enough time uh, talking about some of these concepts I think they're really important sometimes we just get encouraged to ignore it and move on by it not having support that type of thing a lot of folks don't talk about the trauma they experience in the job so very important monitor your mental health especially if you have people around you family members and things because they might be the ones most immediately to notice if you like are tired you're gaining weight you're losing weight, not eating, or eating too much, or you're withdrawn. or You're not participating in activities. People have no life seem different in not a constructive way. Like
6: this, it seems
3: like it's mean. That is a sign, especially from folks that care about you. Take that seriously. That's why we talk so much about that exit strategy. To the emails, the uh, my email again untiljustice at gmail.com. Let's see. All right. So, again, make sure we get through all the emails uh, in case it takes a long time, uh, if ever, to get the computer. I'll at least make sure we get through the emails we got here. Let's see. All right. So this is a female victim of racism, black female victim of racism. She writes in, hi, Gus, please share with the class. I've been at this workplace for about six years. Over the years, I've noticed when the boss owner of the firm speaks to me, he looks at me in the face. But when I am speaking to him, he almost always diverts his eyes. Lately on Zoom, told you. Lately, on the Zoom call, with about ten of us participating, as soon as I opened my mouth to ask him a question, dun, dun, dun he closed his eyes. On another occasion, just last week, I was in a meeting with him, and uh, with him, just the two of us in the uh, break room, sitting at opposite sides of a huge table. When I opened my mouth to speak, he closed his eyes again. On previous occasions, I also observed the clenched jaw when I'm speaking. I think Emmy and some of our other uh, callers have talked about the importance of nonverbal communication, uh, frequently talking about our own, right? And making sure we're not doing some of those things, talking to white people, that super clenched jaw, like you're holding in, having to curse them out and that type of thing, Uh, or, you know, rolling your eyes or whatever it might be. Uh, We talk about it with ourselves, but hey, you can, and should be very observant about the nonverbal communication of everyone really white people and victims that you are around in the workplace because that can reveal a lot uh and this white fella in the workplace i know we've heard from a lot of folks uh who they are not comfortable especially if you have a black person who has a lot of black self-respect you are if you're speaking up you're intelligent you come in you're competent you know what you're talking about you said you were asking questions. Oh, my God, we got some competent question asking nigger mm-hmm. on the job. Lord, and now she's gonna be asking questions on zoom. Ugh. we've heard lots of it, especially looking them in the eye. Call it reckless eyeballing. Uh, in some parts. Uh, that is the sort of thing. Black people have been killed for looking a white person in the eye. Like, ugh. we are not equals. I don't see you as an equal. Why are you even looking at me in the eye? Just something to make note of. You don't have to, you know, call them out on it or anything. Knowing that I would be very observant around this white fella and I would be super courteous. That's what I mean about uh, counter-racist codification, at least my view on it, what I prescribe, what I think is logical. We don't take these jobs to do that. We don't take these jobs for us to be the one that's going on the job, you know, tight lip not talking to anybody furrowed brow scout. No, not at all. I asked for the job. I filled out an application,
6: right?
3: And it doesn't mean you got to go around sparkling and bring in, you know, donuts and hand sanitizer for everybody either. But I mean, you are a workplace cordial. You speak to everybody and I would definitely make sure that I speak to this white fella every time. Like, there might be some folks that, you know, if I pass or what have you, maybe we speak, maybe we don't, we don't really have rapport like that or what have you. This white fellow would be someone I speak to every time without, morning, Doug. Keep on with it. It's not going to be one of those things where, you know, I don't, I just don't know. We don't get a, not at all. I speak all the time. How you doing Doug? take care Doug? Good to see you. Have a good weekend, Doug. All right. Right. Right on. Did you have a good weekend, Doug. Right, And it still get right back to projects we're working on. We got that meeting still on for this afternoon, Doug? Awesome. Looking forward to it. We'll see you there. We are talking. I'm at, and continue to do exactly what you're doing. Ask questions and make sure Doug answer, or whatever his name is. Make sure you get your question answered. Uh, but, yeah, that's just, that. in my opinion, that's outstanding. That is a huge part of counter-racist codification. When we're observant of our surroundings, that can entail a lot. Paying attention to what the white people especially are doing, saying uh, around us, their nonverbal cues, lots of paying attention to the non-white people around us. You know, they can cause problems, too, sometimes, unfortunately, or be helpful. But being observant entails many, many things. So keep up the good work being observant. And, uh, yeah, I, I would not, to the best that you can... Don't allow his tacky behavior to impact you, meaning you continue to look him in the eye with lots of black self-respect. Uh, I just say, please be workplace courteous. Make sure you speak and all the rest. Like, we are teammates. I am on the team and looking to do great, competent work with everyone here, especially you, Doug. Uh, much obliged for the email uh, address, again, is com. Uh, The number is 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, So... I'm going to make sure I get through all the emails. Uh, I will check star six one. If you have commentary, I'll check and see if uh, folks have thoughts to share uh, that are with us. If they do, we'll get some of the folks that are on the line. uh, And then I'll sprinkle in the rest of the emails as we go. I see a few hands. So we'll get some of the folks on the line. And then we will uh, sprinkle in the rest of the emails as we roll. Uh, Folks who dialed in with a hand up. uh, Let's see.
7: Hi, guys.
3: Hi, be in Toronto.
7: Hi, greetings to you callers and listeners. Um there was also another thing um in addition to burnout that I wanted to add. Um and that is also um going back to medical health, uh paying attention to uh hormone levels um to see if there's a imbalance. Um And the reason I'm saying this, and this is particularly for those who are age 40 and over, is because um, hormone imbalances can occur uh, that uh, can um, compound uh, burnout as well and uh, a a lot of the symptoms overlap such as fatigue irritability um a built up in cortisol, uh which makes it difficult for uh weight loss um it, there could also be unexpected weight loss um uh, in which the thyroid is is um compromised uh and uh if I hadn't mentioned fatigue fatigue before so um So, yes, that's also something else to take into consideration and to have that looked into with um, a medical professional that you feel comfortable with and trust. Um, So the report uh, for, well, I guess the past two weeks. um, This is really interesting because... um, there was a school that I used to work with about two years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, in which I was helping uh, one of the students um, in a uh, special education class. And I received a call about three days ago um, from the the school that I used to work at as to whether I'm still available and if I can uh come in to work with them for a few weeks um or even a full year's uh contract um so uh that was also uh really interesting and um uh it's it's nice to um obtain these opportunities um I I did turn it down however um since now, there is a full time, but what I made sure I did was uh, contact um, uh, other colleagues uh, that I've uh, got on quite well with um, who are within the the um, who are uh, within the uh, African diaspora and um and uh, sent a, a referral uh, to the school to consider those uh, colleagues that I had work with um, who have a very strong work ethic. And uh, so, so that was also really nice. Um, whenever there's an opportunity and I'm not able to uh, fulfill that opportunity, then I um, make sure to, to um, pass that opportunity on to uh, a black male or female or both, depending on the number of opportunities available. Um, so it was really nice to be able to do that. Um, and that's part of my code as well, is to definitely extend resources um to uh to fellow um uh fellow persons, uh uh fellow black people within uh, our group. I'm trying to prevent saying community because we don't have a community unfortunately. Um The uh, situation about the dogs. So that continues to be an ongoing situation. I'm uh, constantly advocating to have the fence put up. So it looks like the fence may be put up. We're just uh, waiting for funding for that. And that will greatly um, reduce the um, amount of uh, trespassing that's been happening uh and it will definitely act as um as a permanent deterrence uh so um I'm waiting to hear as to when the funding comes through for that, so that I'm no longer patrolling that piece of property um because it it can be quite dangerous uh dealing with white people and their dogs um and then uh the last part um was uh, uh, an aside conversation um, uh in which uh, uh there was discussion around um, providing parents um, information on on parenting um and i remember guess you uh, had made a suggestion um about uh putting together a book um so i that is still in the works um I've also joined a uh, parent group uh, that is outside of Toronto in which I would be able to assist with um, helping um, black families navigate through the school system uh, as well as provide mentorship um, as well um, so that it will, uh, the services I'll be able to provide will also help um, arm the, the families with um with useful tools uh, to help get through uh, the educational system as well as overall uh, parenting and uh, being able to access resources. So the plantation that I used to be on, the one where the white females were boxing me in, um, uh, even though it was a horrible present uh, plantation. I was still able to secure a lot of resources uh, in part from that department, but also um, through collaboration with other community partners. So with the skills honed, I'm going to be using this towards the Black Parent Group um, to ensure that uh, the resources and the use of those resources are maximized. Um, So thank you, and I leave the line.
3: Wow. B in Toronto. Amazing. I am so glad to hear that everyone, even though I know just to have it confirmed a few more times, there are a number of cows listeners. They are not in the same boat with gusty Renegade or they are in the same boat, but they are not at the bottom, bottom of the boat. Like they have had some pretty cool things happen for their 2020 B is one of them. That is spectacular. Um, to have just lots of offers, options, as they say, so that you can really find the best niche for you. That's why I said, like, it's so important. I'm so glad that you touched on the just additional things that people can be aware of, depending on your age, checking your hormone levels, fatigue, like, man, sleep is so critical. I I forgot. There's so many articles, but they were talking about how Racism impacts uh, black people's sleeping habits for, you know, about a billion uh, different reasons, including uh, extreme heat that we talked about this week. But sleep is so critical if you, you know, for any reason, if you're having a grueling schedule and you're having to work uh, 15 hour shifts or whatever it is, or you got those crazy, unpredictable, unpredictable work schedules, or even if you have a regular, as they say, work schedule. But you're just encountering all kinds of stress and things, and you're not able to sleep. You're up at night and thinking about that and dreading having to go into in the morning and deal with all of that. Be mindful, and that's the sort of thing that erodes your health. If you have to stay and endure that, really, one day can be a lot. But I mean, weeks of that, months of that, years of that—that that erodes your health and well-being, guaranteed. Um so glad to hear and and it's other folks as well uh where they are part of their code because that's the way b in toronto phrased it if a job opportunity comes up she says no i'm you know in a good spot i'm okay now i will see if there's a black female a black male that i can recommend this position to see if i can help them out spectacular black self-respect to the nth uh degree and i think we've heard from a number of Cal's listeners where they make that same type of effort to be helpful to other victims of racism when and where they can in the workplace. Cause I know we have not been trained to function that way. And I know some of us, uh, do not have that sort of code say, Hey, you know, I, I do not do a whole lot of, uh, cavorting with white people in the workplace. I know they're victims, but Hey, we are not brothers and sisters. So I leave them be, I can totally understand the logic of that too, but always acknowledge the black self-respect of folks who try to help out other black people that they work with um i am so glad if i gotta look for anything positive and having computer problems major computer problems one thing i'm at least thankful that we got all the way through white dog man i would have been ultra ultra disgruntled if this had impeded our ability to read and finish white dog. Like I was mad about having to take a week off for the yoga retreat. So man, I would have been fit to be tied. Um, we got to wait on funding for the fence for the dog. Like I guess the Rona tied, tied up funding for a lot of people, but I mean that, uh, that sort of thing where you gotta be out on patrol. That's not even my job. Now I gotta be out on patrol to make sure that this crass race soldier, white woman, doesn't come through with her hound and have him leaving bowel movements on the property. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing with my time and energy, but that's what I got to do. And then go off through this rigmarole about getting a fence and all the rest of it, like that sort of thing can end up leading to burnout, that sort of thing end up taking up a lot of unnecessary time and energy in the workplace where we could be doing a billion other things, focusing on getting the raise, Getting the promotion. No, I'm literally out here in the dog poo. Much obliged and congrats again, be in Toronto. Let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentators here, proceed.
8: i see other hands
3: i guess folks are some of them may be getting to a place where they can chat i will get those emails in to make sure we do not miss let's see all right so this email this is from a different female victim of racism black female i believe she writes okay Updates for this week. Uh, I'm working as a dietitian in a hospital in New York City. I work with two other dietitians, a coworker who is a white female. We have the same title, meaning work title, and our supervisor is also a white female. My supervisor this week asked me to revise menus for the hospital. This is a big task. Menus have different variations and combinations. Then I asked my supervisor if the other dietitian, white female, will be assisting with this task. Good question. She said no. She will be working on eating disorder menus and eating disorder education. We currently have one person who is diagnosed with an eating disorder in the hospital. One. (laughs) And they get a whole menu. Uh, I am covering a unit Census usually ranges from 15 to 18 patients. The turnover rate on that unit is high. I can have six, seven, or more new admissions in a week. The white female with the same title is working on a unit that has five, six, or sometimes less patients on that unit. The turnover rate there is very low. She may have one, two admissions a week. She can even have admissions every other week. I feel like, did I just hear somebody talk about black people get the most difficult schedules and all that? Did we just talk about that last week? I thought it was a whole lot of people who called in and said, man, on my job, the black people get the worst schedule and they get the worst. I thought we, continuing. I also I'm also covering two outpatient programs and seeing about two to four patients from house programs per week. My supervisor has also asked if I could assist her with some of her responsibilities when she is not in. Don't we get that again? The black people that said that earlier. I mentioned that today where you end up getting Fifteen extra jobs and duties and tasks like this will be your job. You're supposed to start out doing. They'll list your job duties. Sometimes they give it to you directly when they hire you. Will be A B C D E and F. That's what you're supposed to do. By the time you've been there six months or eight months or what have you, it'll be A B C D E, F G H I J K L M N, and then they'll throw some numbers into like whoa, and you didn't get one nickel increase in compensation. Maybe they give you a bag of peanut M&Ms. And it's like that, that burnout. That right there, Mr. full calls that uh, job creep where you start out and then they just keep stacking on and keep stacking on and keep stacking on. now you're actually doing the amount of work that three or maybe five people should be hired to do with five different salaries too. Can you, <clears throat> let us see, I lost my place here. Uh, extra work. That's what I remember. Extra work. Uh, this is totally an inadequate, an inequitable. There we go. Inequitable situation. Doesn't seem like I will get any additional help from the conversation we had via email. I let my boss know that I will get to the menus on a limited basis since I have so many responsibilities. This makes me feel like I'm being set up to fail. We often are. Anyways, I plan to apply for another position this week. I hope I can leave this plantation soon. Unhappy victim of white supremacy. This is like she just took the words out of my mouth. See what I just said? I said that now when you have to go around feeling unhappy and overworked and you get all the grueling assignments, Burnout, that right there, and that ends up, in, I just said that, that ends up impacting your health and well-being. Now, I am not going to tell you that Gus T. walks around jolly and happy. That it was curmudgeon. However, you know what you feel like on a regular basis. Like, you know your base, you know, personality and how you generally are when you're feeling a little bit better than normal, a little bit worse than normal, about typical. When you're man, I am feeling unhappy this is stressing me out. I'm not excited about things. I got all this hard work to do on the job. I feel like I'm being sabotaged and set up to fail. And this other person gets maybe one client every two weeks and is working with one client with an eating disorder. And I've got a dozen folks over here. Come on, John Henry. And I think we just talked about that concept this week as well. That I think Mr. Edward Williams uh, has talked about, things that he would do in that type of situation because it's so common. He was saying that they have apps where you can actually itemize time. If that white woman is coming and she wants to make an issue about those menus and why can't you make it snappy? And what do you mean? Why not not. Uh, even pause there. excellent job using emails. I think in a workplace situation that might be the best way to go uh, for so many reasons. If the white person chooses not to answer your questions, great. You got a timestamp and a paper trail of you asking and being ignored. If they answer, bam, you got an electronic response of exactly what they said, so there's not going to be any ambiguity, how long it took, and then what did they say in terms of answering your questions. Uh, But always think email, that's a great route to go. Uh, That said, you're asking, and it's it's seeming like they're not going to give you any assistance. This white woman is working on another, another project. They have apps that you can either get on your phone or that you can have, you know, if you have a tablet, computer, whatever it is, and it will show how much time you are spending doing whatever the task is. So if it's putting these menus together, bam, if it's admitted, admitting new patients, I don't know if you all have to actually do any cooking or other work with clients to see how much they're eating or weight gain, that types of thing, but all of the tasks that you have to do, it can keep track of them and, like, to the exact second how much time is required so you can show like, this is how much time it takes to get these tasks done and either I need help or we're gonna just have to be acceptable with things taking longer to get done. And then I think compensation would also come in as well, but I love it having the foresight to be looking already for a better position, hopefully a better paying uh, position and making sure that your resume I hope is updated to reflect all this, you know, extraordinary increase in your job task. Cause this is this probably is way, way beyond what you were originally tasked with when you were signed on to this job, just making a game. She's even got you as assistant admin, right? That's what she's saying. Like you got to come in and do part of my duties as well. I got, you know, go play on Zoom a little while, take a nap in the back or what have you. Update that resume as you're going out that you have been doing way above and beyond the call of duty in Times of a pandemic, no less. The folks that are listening, if you have any uh, thoughts, suggestions uh, for the person who wrote in, our female listener uh, in this situation, being a dietitian uh, and giving all of this extra work and not getting any help and lazy white people, lazy white women specifically uh, in this issue. If you have any suggestions that might help her in the situation, help her solve problems without creating new problems. Uh, the number again, 720-716-7300,
2: the code
3: 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Folks that have a hand up line should be open if you have observations, suggestions to share. Let's see.
1: Can I be heard?
2: Greetings, retired firefighter.
1: Greetings, Gus. Greetings to everyone. Uh, I heard you talking about uh, the term uh, burnout and uh, uh first responder type professions are uh, hotbeds for those type of results um, in some cases it depends on where you where you work at uh what area you work at uh it may uh it not may but it will induce more of that type of uh issue issue with a person uh because of the uh, uh extraordinary level of emergency calls uh that you go on. Uh, at some points in times when I was working you, you wouldn't have you wouldn't be able to get back to the station before you would get another call after call after call uh, during your twenty four hour shift, and uh, also uh, a part of the frequency of calls uh, in some areas is the type of call uh i don't think it's natural for a person to uh, be directly involved with uh traumatic uh situations uh on a continuous basis uh if you don't have uh a means of of uh altered of an altered uh environment or someone to uh converse with that has an understanding of uh of that type of uh uh scenarios, uh it would eventually uh uh cause some uh negative of personal effects with that person. Uh Oh, uh, yeah, uh, as far as experiences co- are concerned. Uh, I was uh, able to uh, get through the process primarily because of, uh, you know, after you get, after you be on a certain amount of time, you, you you have more of a choice of where you work at and who you work with. And that's very important in that type of environment. Uh, And I was fortunate enough uh, to work with people that off-duty, we actually work together on our attempts to help neutralize racism and white supremacy, Uh, comparably at the level of what takes place with the cows program uh, so there was a you know trust factor involved as well as uh, uh similarities of uh workplace of the workplace environment and uh so that really helped out uh plus with myself in my own personal care group that's, you know, called a family. It was always open to have discussions with, uh, at one point in time, seven people, but for the most part, six people (laughs) that was at my disposal just about any time that I, you know, wanted to, or, you know, in some cases, they would actually be in contact with me uh so but those are those are some of the healthy uh i would say antidotes to uh no matter it it doesn't have to be uh in the place of type of work that i did i was just explaining that because it's like natural (laughs) that you're going to have something called burnout or stress you know in that type of environment that can take place on anybody's job Uh, in itself Uh, and uh, those are some of the some of the things that uh, that can help be helpful I never did try to pursue uh, the options that started coming out in around after I got on was on for about maybe eight years they started having these programs that you can get into but by that time I'd already knew about doctor Francisque doctor Francis Wellesley and and uh uh there was not gonna be any personality or any person like that that I would be able to uh converse with that it would have an understanding of where I would be coming from in a conversation with some with a quote unquote professional. Uh although I have had conversations with her. Uh like Mr. Fuller, uh, she uh, had a phone number, and she may not have answered that phone when you when you called it. But if you left a message, a detailed message, like she uh, uh, would ask you to, she would call you back. <laughs> she would call you back every time. Uh, she was she was very good at that. I know if she if she would call me back, I know it was probably thousands of people that she actually did that with. Uh and but anyway, uh yeah, the the uh quote unquote burnout uh type of situation is is real. It is a real uh thing. And uh very few times I have something I be be able to share on, my own, but that's definitely one of them, you know, burnout. And uh that's all I have to say for right now. Thank you.
3: how apropos we get retired firefighters commentary on burnout Mm -hmm. had to. And, uh, for the fire department, I mean that, that right there, I would think all of that, exactly as you say, all of the emergency responders, that definitely is a profession where they will talk about burnout. Like, Oh man, like, like exactly what she said. You have to go out and do a bunch of calls and it might be something dangerous and you know, who knows, like, you never know what you're going to experience in that line of work. So absolutely. Um, and have, as you said, being able to, to talk about it, find resources, ways to deal, ways to process all of that. Cause if you do I mean that can do a lot of damage, especially if you're in one of those high stress professions. Wow. Like, uh, You really have to make, I mean, I would hope that they do a lot with talking to folks when they start those types of jobs. Like, these are the signs. These are things to do. Sobriety would be best. That might not be the best way to deal with, uh, you know, being stressed. Regardless of where the stress is coming from in the workplace, a whole lot of alcohol and happy hour is probably not going to make things better for your trials. Uh, But, yeah, that is super important. Like I said, I was kind of stunned that we had gone so long on workplace racism. And I don't even remember the term coming up. Uh, When someone mentioned it, I certainly have used it before myself and know what it is and everything. But I don't think we have discussed it in this context at all. And it is so critically important. Um, That is the result frequently of encountering a lot of that racism in the workplace is burnout. So yeah, be mindful. Um, Let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, number again is 720 716 7300. The code 564 943 pound. Press star 61 if you have commentary. Uh, other folks with a hand up that we have not heard from. That might get in some more of the emails if folks need a second to get their thoughts together. I'll double check the switchboard, and then we'll get some more of the emails to make sure. Let's see. let's see Missed some of the folks who had a hand up let's see let's see
9: can i be heard
3: oh, yes ma'am
9: greetings beautiful people this is Emmy. um one i wanted to echo that's statement earlier about remaining professional so speaking to everyone i consider that being professional it really does work, and it's a wonderful tactic, um, especially after you've had a meeting or an email exchange, as a way to throw them off your scent. I guess is a, a one way to put it, so that you're just always professional. No one can negate your professionalism, even if they disagree with whatever it is that you're saying or your stance for yourself. They can't say that you're not professional, and it's worked. It's worked for me many now at this point. Um I use it. It's a strong tool in my tool bag. I don't know how burn up came uh burnout came up in the dialogue, so I don't know if it was a new thing Um that kind of got here a little late. As far as burnout, I have burned out before. I was warned that I was gonna burn out. It was right after I graduated with my bachelor's. I was super energetic Passionate, and I was just. And I mean. I
1: hear phone
7: break up. Oh.
9: Can I still be heard though? Or did it go away now? Uh oh I can hear you. woke
1: up a little bit but I can hear it now.
9: Okay, I do apologize. I'm driving to work and hopefully I will get it out. So anyway I did burn out. It was scary 'cause it when it happened, it happened to me like it was progressive, but when it set in it just I was just paralyzed. Like I, I just I didn't have the energy to do anything. And the scariest part about it was not getting my energy back just to do things. It was picking up the aftermath. Like, I had to come up with a a solution to get out of one situation, and then it led me into another situation I had to get out of because it was toxic. And then I found myself unemployed in another state, and then I had to figure that out. And by the time the dust settled, all that I had built, I couldn't rely on anymore. And that that really, really hurt. Um, It hurt me professionally. It hurt me financially. And it really, it hurt me psychologically, too, because I had really invested a lot in everything that I had tried to do, but I couldn't maintain it. And, of course, I was dealing with a system of racism, and white supremacy. I was super uncodified, and uh, I talked way too much. And so I got myself in a lot of situations, and white people really, they did what they do best. I learned a lot, but they did what they do best. Um, And then after that, I had to figure out how to nourish myself. The beautiful thing is I don't let myself burn out now Um, because I can feel when I'm doing too much, even if I want to do it, I know how to back away. And I've continuously, consciously worked to establish systems that keep me sane, keep me healthy physically and mentally, and keep my flame burning. And I have no problem now saying no thank you, um, backing away, and adjusting myself so that I protect myself. Then I wanted to comment, let you all know, I am not, I, I, everyone has their own beliefs. So this is not a conversation about religion or anything like that. There are times I've had to learn, especially when I'm, you know, at a camp with burnout and anything else, there are certain things I cannot control. It's my control I have no control over it. I, that's as much as I can do and then I have to leave it alone so the situation with the um, human director human resources director who threatened me I sent the email to corporate and then that one woman was somewhat patronizing and paternalistic asking me if I just wanted to talk about it I responded and said no thank you I just wanted to inform you of what was happening Uh, I came in on Tuesday, and the human resources director who threatened me was let go. I don't know if she was fired or whatever happened, but she's no longer there. And I really attribute that to me releasing it. Like, after I did, I made up my mind what I was going to do, and it was done. I didn't pursue it. I didn't talk about it anymore. I didn't get involved in it. I didn't try to exert my will and control over it, and I left it alone, and and now she's gone. And that's happened a couple times. I take from that what you will, but I was so grateful um, that I'm not the only thing working on my behalf. I don't know if y'all can feel me on that, but moving on. So I work with troubled youth, and in the house we have six girls, four white, two non-white, half black, um, both with mothers who are classified as white. So that's the racial dynamic in the house. I have a rule because these children use language. They cuss like sailors. (laughs) They really do. One of them got out of pocket. I'm going to just talk to y'all real. She got out of pocket and called me. I'm going to say it because this is, you know, she's sick. And she called me a nigger bitch. And I'd make this, (laughs) I've had conversations with these girls. You got one time to call me you got one time. No, this is the white one. She's completely white. But you got one time to call me a nigger, one. Everything that I do that is not necessarily listed, outlined, enumerated, in my responsibilities towards you is done. Don't ask me to do hair. Don't ask me to do that. Don't ask me for nothing, okay? You got one time. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your cognitive level is. You got one time to call this black woman a nigger. She did it, and it was over. I, made, I had another conversation with the little girls. Just to let them know, just in case you might have forgot, because a lot of us are black. The way was that done stuff with a lot of other staff, you got one time. One time to disrespect me like that. Once, It's not emotional. It's nothing like that. And I told them, I said, I don't come here to be abused by you. You got one time. So you need to think long and hard about it before you call this one a nigger. Secondly, I had a conversation with the non-white girls who are half white, half black, with the white mom in front of everybody. Y'all are not going to be able to do what all the other girls can do because they decided to gang up on one girl, beat her, pull her hair, and all that stuff. Now, when you listen to the white staff talk about the conversation, they're just talking about the non-white one like she was the one doing everything, and there was a whole white girl that was involved in it. It's not a real conversation. Y'all are white. They're not. Y'all already know y'all can do things that these ones can't. Y'all keep thinking y'all can do this, and they're going to mess around and send you out of here, and this is the best place for you right now. I had a real conversation with them, So, listen, that's just what it is, and y'all need to stop moving around here like you're white, because believe it or not, they will ship you out of here quick, fast, and in a hurry. Boom. And that was it, and we finished breakfast. I'm grateful for those moments like that, because I'm not afraid to talk to little girls like that. I'm not afraid to talk to little kids about racism and white supremacy. White, non-white. I don't care. I'm not afraid to do that. And I'm hoping that they heard me, and I know I have to keep saying it and keep repeating these things to them and show and do my best to show them how to navigate in the world um as best as I can. But I was grateful for that little moment. Um but yeah, I think that's all I really wanted to share. So I hope y'all are well and uh, doing a lot of self care, taking care of yourself. Um and we'll chat soon. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs>
3: namaste wow uh still doing right poorly but uh emmy is stronger than battery acid wow talking to the children like that making it plain like we are not gonna pussyfoot and uh play around with any of you all now i have seen a number of reports and i think we've even had some listeners who have called in to talk about when you work uh, is that that's health, like in a healthcare profession, a medical professional, or someone who's kind of a care provider, even with children or elderly. A lot of times they have policies around that, that if the client, if it's an older person or a child and they call you a nigger or a spear trucker or whatever it is, uh, you are not supposed to respond. Sometimes they even say that, you know, you can't tell them you got one time. They call me a spear chucker or a nigger bitch or whatever. You can't even say that. You're just supposed to ignore it and move on. You know, their client or whatever the, the case is. Like even, even here in Washington state, they had a lawsuit. Uh, it was a black male. I think it was, uh, it might've been a female, non-white person, black person specifically. They were working with these older patients and they might've had some mental problems, but they weren't that crazy. They would stop, uh, at different times and nigger this and nigga that, and blah, 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 and all the rest of it. And the black staff was like, come on, man, we shouldn't talk about burnout. We shouldn't have to put up with this abuse on a regular basis. Why don't you get white staff to come in and work with them? And, you know, maybe they'll stop saying it completely, or at least we won't have to be exposed to it. And they were like, Nope, you're a professional can't do that. Do they have any, any policy in your work, in your workplace, Emmy, uh, in terms of what the protocol says, you are supposed to do if one of those children, you know, calls you that sort of name?
7: I will
9: have to check the handbook if there's a written policy on how I'm supposed to move forward. But I was, you know, my first week there when we had orientation, they were happy. That white male trainer was happy to tell me that the kids are going to call me and they've been looking dead in my eyes and said it. And how we're supposed to even um,
3: Did, we, did her line go out, perhaps? I thought it was me the first time. Did her line go out? It went out for me. Okay. Uh, she said she was, you know, transporting herself to the plantation, so we might have lost her signal again. I should have been a little uh, a bit more rapid in getting my question out, uh, but I'll keep an eye out for her on the switchboard. Um but at least to my, that's why I said policy and procedure. You got to read your policy and procedure because I think I gave me a moment to think about it. I wasn't prepared to talk about it, but I think I have worked in uh, environments where they had it like that was in the manual, right? They had like a policy on that. Like if a child calls you a nigger, you say, Hey, you don't call me that. You can't say that. (laughs) Like They had a strict like supposed to be a professional and they might do that and blah, blah, blah. I thought that was interesting too. She said that uh, when she did her training, that the white person who was training her looked her dead in the face, didn't avert his eyes, then looked her dead in the eyes. Oh, yeah, they might call you a nigger. Mm-hmm. That's come up in a few training situations that I've heard where they got to give an example of a racist joke or it's, it's got to be some justification to say nigger. Anyway, uh, I, I think that is fantastic. Like, just stop right there and having standards about how you're going to be talking with anyone, professional standards about how you're going to be talked to. And I didn't hear her say that she cursed her out or grabbed her around the throat. And who do you think? Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. You're not going to speak to me in that manner. Think about it. Use your mind. Use some logic here. You're not going to turn around and call me that and then think that we're going to have a rapport and that sort of thing. Like outstanding. i being serious with them. I'm not going to laugh, laugh, and joke, joke, and, and that type of thing. Be serious. And you can give that to them in what they call a real world rubric. Like there are consequences to what you do if you were in the real world. And we're out saying this sort of thing, there would be consequences for that sort of behavior. So I love it. And then even with the non white children or young people that have a white parent, uh, they even speak to them about, you know, what they're doing and how they're manipulating the uh, situation being what black, get back Brown stick around, yellow, mellow. If they are a little less melanated can be treated a little bit better. And they're informed enough to know that already. Like, yeah, break that down and be honest with them too. Like you're not going to come in here and manipulate that situation and let's get it together. You can be tossed out of here. Love it. Um, the first situation, I think she had told us about that last week when I think it was a white supervisor, white female supervisor, uh, threatened, like it was some sort of retaliation, uh, where the white woman, I think Emmy was reporting that they were out of staff or they had violated one of the protocols, uh, of the facility and the white woman, as opposed to, you know, trying to answer getting problems solved and this sort of thing, engaged in what they call recrimination. Whereas opposed to solving the problem, she comes back and accuses Emmy and says, well, technically, I could write you up for being uh, out of compliance because you don't have X, Y, and Z done. And, you know, she's like, well, why didn't you say that before? Why would that be a waiting until now to bring that up, you know, in a punitive manner, no less? So she reported it to corporate and all that. Uh, I have no idea what happened. Uh, I know many workplaces now, 2020, they have more explicit policies about retaliation in the workplace, even though frequently white people don't follow those policies. But who knows what happened? Uh, if anything, it at minimum, even if it wasn't a direct correlation, like it wasn't the sort of thing where she called in and, oh, this happened, we'll take care of it. And then she's, even if it wasn't that directly, report incorrect behavior. You never know. This white woman could have had 50 other complaints about unprofessional conduct and, you know, whatever, poor performance, or who knows? And then that, the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back.
8: Report
3: incorrect behavior. I cannot say that. I'm so glad that it happened. Uh, sometimes you just get fortunate, you know, if you have, as she said, other forces in the universe that are looking out for you. Spectacular. Aid that by reporting incorrect behavior and not jumping up and down person and all the rest of it going through as they say proper channels to report incorrect behavior uh let's see and again much obliged i'm so i won't say stunned but wow we have been doing workplace racism for some years and i do not recall one time where we have broached the subject of burnout I'm not surprised. Uh, just being a victim of racism is enough to qualify for burnout, much less trying to go out and work. And then, especially if you're confused about racism, so you're not really grasping what's happening around you and you're not prepared for it. And just wow. Um, we should have brought this subject up before. Glad we got it in at this moment. Number again is 720 716 7300, the code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate Uh, we will keep an eye out for emmy uh if she hops back on if she gets a signal uh we will bring bring her uh, back onto the conversation to see if we have anybody else if you work uh they have those type of policies unless i'm misinformed in a variety of different professions it could be like i said if you work with children uh, if you work with an elderly population, it can't even be if you just work with uh, patients in like a hospital or healthcare setting of any age, it can be that in general. Cause some of them, sometimes they can get rowdy and, you know, I don't want a nigger doctor and, and that type of thing. So uh, it's my knowledge, or at least my understanding that many of these professions, sometimes they'll have specific policy about how you're supposed to respond. And, and so sometimes it's not supposed to say anything. So if we have any folks, if you work in one of those fields, And they have a policy where you've had to deal with that and you figure like, bam, this is my code. One of my clients calls me a nigger or something. Bam, this is what I say. We're not going to use amnesia or you being old or you being a child. None of that is a valid excuse. This is how I deal with that. Feel free to share that code. That would be a good one. Uh, The number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564
1: 943 Three pounds. Yes, sir. On the on the job that I was on, uh, I don't recall anything. You, you there, Gus?
2: Yes, sir. I can hear
1: you. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't recall anything specific about the subject uh it's probably it probably is such thing now with the fire department uh especially the larger the larger ones uh like miami-dade county is uh but during the time when i was working I, i didn't know anything that it may have it probably was something but it wasn't really specific but basically the incidents that i was in on personally that was similar to what Miss Emmy was speaking about. I just took it upon myself to walk right out from where I was at doing and get on the truck. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh and 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 uh in the in the cases that I was involved in with my supervisor's approval. Because primarily the supervisor not only was uh a non-white black person as i mentioned before it was a non-white black person that uh was was uh uh, also in concert with what myself and a few other guys were doing when we were off duty or was right there with us in itself uh uh, there was a, a country club that found itself in the in an area that uh, turned to a quote unquote uh, area where the majority of the people were non-white, black, uh, but they f- kept themselves as a country club because they were, you know, they had barricades, fences, and walls and whatnot, that sort of thing. And uh, it was a what what is called a rescue call, something medical. Uh, and uh, the, the person expressed that they didn't want to uh, be uh, handled by black people. <laughs> no problem. No problem at all. You know, uh, go right outside and wait on the truck uh, uh, as far as they're concerned until they finish. And something, things like that has happened uh, uh, exactly or in, in similar terms. Uh, I think Mr. Clark expressed when he was, Uh, a guest on the program where a whole uh, contingency of overtime Miami-Dade County firefighters threatened that they would leave from the speed racing facility, the NASCAR speed rating facility, if he worked. (laughs) I mean, the entire, the entire, in other words, in order to have a NASCAR race, you had to have a contingency of, of fire rescue uh, 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 on duty, overtime, and they were overtime uh, uh, employees, uh, and they all refused. They were th- not, not refused, but threatened, if he is allowed to work here also, we're going to walk off the job. <laughs> and uh, 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 what he said he did was, because he had a choice to still stay there and let them do what they said they were going to do, but uh, uh, he ended up, I think he ended up leaving because they offered to pay him anyway without him physically being there, and that was, you know, from that uh, that. Uh, uh, Situation that took place uh, the day after the uh, the uh, uh, September 11 uh, situation that took place in uh, what, 2001, yeah, uh, entire contingency you know that did that. Uh, and, and nothing happened to those white people at all. N- nothing happened to those white people at, at all. If anything, they were, they, they were uh, given approval. If anything uh and uh, so that that is something that happens uh uh on a usual basis, you know with the fire the fire department or you know jobs of similar uh fashion, you know as far as concerned, there was a time where uh th- they would they meaning coworkers would throw the plates and utensils away that the black employees utilized, the eating utensils. They would throw the plates away, you know, that sort of thing after they finished eating, after they finished eating you know, that sort of thing. Uh, when I was in training, when I was in training, uh, a white male refused to go into the burn room uh, with me, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh And uh, it was it it was brought to my attention. I didn't I didn't I didn't know he had that type of uh, thought process. It was brought to my attention that this white male, this particular white male that was in my training class uh, stated that he was going to refuse to go into the burn uh, room with me in training, you know, that sort of thing. So it is something that takes place. Uh, They probably by now because it happens so frequently. On a job like the fire department, they probably got something definite. I don't know what it is because I haven't really associated with the fire department since retirement is concerned. But during the time when I was on, uh, if, if if it was something, it was kind of like real uh, unclear. Yeah.
3: Much obliged, retired firefighter. Uh, Oh, yes, ma'am, we can hear you.
9: Okay, great. I'm going to get this in before I have to walk in because I'm actually at work. Um, First, I do apologize, you all, that whenever I try to chime in, the service drops. I know it kind of diminishes the integrity of the recording, so I do apologize and acknowledge that. To answer your question, is there an official policy? I will look at that tonight. I'm going to see if there's something like in writing that addresses that, but my official code has always been (laughs) and will always be. This is not my first time in mental health. I've also worked with IDD folks, uh, individuals who are intellectually and developmentally disabled. I have also worked with um, elderly patients, especially those who become aggressive with Alzheimer's or dementia. So I've definitely dealt with people who have, all white people are people classified as white, who have every type of excuse that they would want to have to try to call me a nigger. And I've solidified that code at this job um, one time. And as a healthcare professional, um, I will always do my job. As a healthcare professional, that's my code, that's my work ethic, and I stand by that. There's a lot that happens in caring and caregiving professions that's not necessarily my job. And the minute you call me a nigger, all of that is over. I will do my job. That's what they paid me to do. But anything and any, anything and everything that might be considered extra is out. And I don't care. That's for my mental health. That's for my well-being. That's for my integrity and my self respect. So that is my official code, and uh, yeah,
7: that's all. Thanks.
3: Namaste. I love it. I love it. Black self respect. Walter Beach the third. He won a Super Bowl championship. He was a guest on the program twice. Uh, it sounds like he didn't get too much brain damage somehow because he said, cut it at the knees. First time, last time. Sounding just like Mr. Fuller. You got one time. That's another speech you can already have together. They're going to call you a Negro on the job. But that I do say that's a good one for any folks. Like I said, I think I have. If I had known we were going to talk about all this today, I would have thought about it and went back to make sure. But I think I worked. On uh, at least one job, because I worked with little folks, told you I worked in the school system in California. I think we had a code on that, about what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to da- uh, say, and, you know, it was all of that. Be professional, that sort of thing. Can't respond, can't let them, you know, show that it upsets you or bothers you or anything, because they might call you a negro. Uh, Let's see. Other folks, like I said, if, we, if you have commentary, burnout, for sure, feel free to dial in, and or, if you work in one of those fields, Or you might work with a client population where they might claim, oh, I got a little bit of dementia or something, so I might, you know, slip and have to call your Negro once every week or so. Uh, If you have a code on that, have had that happen to you and have figured out, hey, this is the best way to deal with that, feel free to share. The number, again, is 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND, press star six one if you would like to participate. Others that we have not heard from.
8: Let's see, I will
3: double check the switchboard, see if there are other uh, hands up or folks are getting their thoughts together. Got to get through the emails. The email again is untiljustice at gmail dot com. Untiljustice at gmail dot com can make sure to read your commentary. Have more emails to read, so that would just be more in the pile. Did I hear someone, or my ears
1: playing tricks on me? Oh uh, no, I, I was, I was, I was, right. uh, I was just kind of like snickering to myself because I'm reminded of a. Uh, a, a, uh, a situation where uh one of my fellow coworkers uh w- that uh, did work with me on and off the job uh at one point in time uh I think was insulted in some kind of way by a white person and uh he uh uh was forcibly evacuated out the doors of the, of the rescue truck by force <laughs> uh yeah, uh, so that that was that those were the type of people that I worked with at points in time uh, on the job uh, uh, that you know we didn't play that uh, as far as that concerned. and uh, yeah uh, uh, I think I think the doors were already open uh, I don't I don't think he had to bust bust his uh, he had to throw him through the doors but uh, he was forcibly removed from the rescue truck uh, you know, uh with his uh name calling. That sort of thing. Sound like black
3: self respect to me. Like uh <laughs> some folks gotta rule Calling them like uh, some people take that thing quite serious. Getting in there and just calling people, you know, all kinds of things. Like, might be consequences for that. So I've said that before. They got natural consequences in the real world. So you got to be careful about how you talk to folks. Um, yeah, I love it. Black self-respect. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got the rest of the emails. I did not check the switchboard, but I did get the email So it's. Keep rolling through those. Make sure I nab all of those today. Let's see. Uh, Lots of black females uh, wrote in. We continue. Different black female from the other folks who wrote in. Uh, Hello. Today, they held a meeting about COVID-19 and racism. What a combination. To sum it up, white people... No racism kills Black people. They are very much so well aware, according to their words in this meeting, racism leads to high blood pressure. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Unhealthy coping mechanisms such as drinking and unhealthy eating and weakened immune systems essentially all of the physical effects of experiencing trauma frequently. I'm sure you won't be surprised that there was no solution for these problems. Instead, they made the excuse that they couldn't detect, that they couldn't detect these things without information. They need data to do anything. I also noticed they kept using the terms people of color, and when they would break it down, they would say Black, Hispanic, Alaskan, Indian, and Indigenous. So when they would compare the health disparities in their words, they would say... They would say, uh, they would say people of color, black, Hispanic, Alaskan, Indian, indigenous compared to whites and Asian. Are they expanding who is considered a white person question? Just an observation also. You had the interview with the white person about climate and racism, Jeremy Hoffman. Uh, That was Monday, I think, this week, Monday. Uh, They did state in the meeting, they are aware that places where black people live don't have much, if any, green space, so they can't work out or de-stress, and the lack of green space increases household contaminants that cause respiratory illnesses. I have no idea why this would be discussed in a workplace environment. This is why I say like, if this type of thing is happening in your workplace, do you not feel like, Oh yes, this is my time to get up and show everything that I've learned. Not at all. I would sit back and just observe number one, clearly white people are not ignorant about racism. That is, a lot of detailed information that they have. Number two, once we get through all of this, and yes, the poor and bedraggled, and respiratory infected Negro, what should be done about all? This? Oh, we didn't, we didn't have time for all that. We're just going to do a little of this and then go out and get coffee. But we wanted you to be aware of the plight of the Negro. If we're not going to solve the problem, why are we talking about or dealing with any of this at all? Why not, you know, <laughs> like talk about other things? Like we could talk about things that are happening in the workplace. Why? Can we all get a raise? Like <laughs> that would be maybe we can't help the enigma today, but a raise would be nice. That's not, we can't, okay much obliged uh, female. I, don't, did they have, I hope they are taking the uh, Rona situation serious that we're going to spend work time discussing all this. I hope they have all the PPE and gloves, work from home option, like especially black people. Like even if we can't do it for everybody, black people move to the front of the line. You know, you got everything messed up and don't even have, you know, a shrub or a tree at your house. So yes, we will do everything that we can to get you on Zoom and no penises. Uh, let's see. Folks who dialed in, number 720-716-7300, the code 564 pounds Press star 61. If you would like to participate, the email is untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. I'll double check that as we proceed also. Uh, other folks dialed in, if you have commentary, proceed.
7: Hi, guys.
8: Be in Toronto, yes, ma'am.
7: Yes, so sorry. Um, I don't know if, if you've uh, noticed, um, I just heard muted and then I wasn't able to add, so I'll make it really, really quick. Um, in respect to what Emmy was saying, uh, kudos to her for, um, you know, standing her ground and exercising uh, uh, black self-respect. In terms of the policies to consider, there should be an um, anti-abuse policy uh, with her organization uh, that she can look into, as well as anti-harassment, as well as uh, looking under uh, anti-racial harassment, because she would be under protective class as well. I know in um, Ontario, Canada, because i've worked in um, a variety of of different facilities um, and treatment programs involving youth and adults um here's what they would tell us in the training uh, at the time was that if anyone uh, were to uh, make a racial slur um, or call you any other sort of names uh, then to ignore it now, the thing is that when it's ignored and it's not reported, um, then there is no consequence to the the person who's doing it, and it absolves the organization of any responsibility in protecting its staff. so what I would do um and have done in the past something uh, a recommendation to consider is uh write it down in an incident report. I know then. In Ontario, uh, the incident report is two-tiered. There is the incident report, and then there's the serious occurrence. The serious occurrence uh, is is, um, a higher level of crisis, such as death, um, serious injury, requiring um, medical attention, things of that nature. But the incident report um, uh, also um, involves um, situations such as this, where there are um, harassment and abuse, from uh, client to staff, um, so that when you have that built into the incident report, it's under that particular client's name, so that those incident reports, if they should ever um, uh, require um, some kind of uh, legal situation, those incident reports can be subpoenaed um, uh, into, um, into evidence. Um, So, that's also um, a a way that I worked around it, and some of my colleagues also worked around it, so we ensured that it's still being documented that way. Uh, So, just something to consider. Thanks so much, and I leave the line.
3: Much obliged to be in Toronto. We got folks with the skillful use of the incident report. Wow. that That is another form of documentation because depending on, you know, I guess how much technology does your workplace have, is that going to be a piece of paper that you fill out or is that a form that you can, you know, just pull up on your phone or online or whatever and bang it's right there everybody can see it and the company can access it the intranet that sort of thing but either way I love it use the incident report to document that can be a means of keeping yourself safe or whatever it is incident we've had a number of folks B and Emmy I think even some other people who were doing just that I'm gonna stack these incident reports to the ceiling so that if something does happen like wow I was about to say that uh, this old Emmy is irresponsible and she's not even paying attention. We got children that are molesting each other, and calling each other niggers, and she's not even uh, appropriately attending the staff. But it looks like we've got a stack of about 35 incident reports where she keeps saying that she is out of ratio and that we don't have adequate staffing.
8: Seems like she's been saying this for
3: about 35 of us going on for a few months. uh Is there any way we can get staffing resolved? It seems that she also has acknowledged that there's a problem. Those incident reports just document, document. It can be grand, any of that. They're calling you a nigger or anything else. Incident report, I think a number of folks, I don't think we've ever had a year where snitching is. I don't even view this as uh, snitching. This is just reporting incorrect behavior. I don't view that as snitching, but we have not had a year where we've had more uh, encouragement to report incorrect behavior that is always best report incorrect behavior that is the best way of getting it stopped let's see and check policy and proceed all the time too. check policy and procedure check policy and procedures 2020 many many workplaces even you know that they're getting rid of white privilege at the federal level many many workplaces have explicit policies about that sort of thing. Now you cannot just run willy nilly in the workplace saying anything to anybody they have will have explicit sex and sections and language about that, what your response is supposed to be and how that sort of situation is supposed to be handled, the protocol, as they say. So check your policy and procedure. Uh, let's see other folks that we missed totally. If you have commentary on burnout and, or, Uh, dealing with if they're calling you the clients, not just your co-workers, but clients that you're supposed to be serving, calling you Negro or other slurs, that type of thing, if you have codification or experience with that, or if you just have your own incident that you'd like to share, feel free.
1: While somebody is thinking about uh reporting something uh, I would just include that uh the fire service uh uh has a long standing history of writing things down incident reports uh just about everything is uh uh written down on what took place during that twenty four hour shift uh especially on calls uh you know uh it, it, that that's you know something that is always is written down uh time time and time again uh, uh employees uh with the fire service are all called in as witnesses in into court you know also and uh that paperwork goes along with that person as far as uh incidents and that sort of thing and uh that was also an inspiring thing for me to do for myself personally <laughs> on the on the job since since uh the fire service you know they have law books that goes back to you know 20 30 years in some cases uh, when i was on uh, uh of every shift on what took place during that day that 24-hour shift so certainly that that's something that uh one should do individually on the job you know just you know go and buy you one of one, one of those type of uh uh notebooks and uh because they, they actually you know you can go to the drugstore, or something like that and find a notebook that basically is for that purpose uh and uh just keep just daily you know log in yourself log in your own per have your own personal log It'd be quite handy if you ever get called in on some sort of meeting of some type, whatever it is. Uh, it could be about you personally or about about something that uh, you were supposed to be a witness on uh, itself, and you would have you would have your notes, time, date, you know, that sort of thing, and uh, details of what took place. very important.
3: hi guys. Excellent suggestions. Uh, That documentation is uh, super helpful. Uh, And just keeping a log. I've been on a number of jobs where they have a log book as well just, you know, to record what has transpired and everybody is supposed to read or I guess when they come on shift as they say you're supposed to kind of flip through it, see if anything noteworthy transpired or any notes that everyone should be aware of that can be a great tool for documentation. Uh, if things are, as I said, particularly for problem solving. If things are happening that shouldn't be happening, bam! Making sure that people are aware, and we can all be working to get a constructive resolution. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who joined us, if you have commentary to share, uh, lines should be open.
8: Proceed.
2: May I be heard? May I be heard? I heard you. Oh, I wasn't sure if anybody could hear yes, me. Yeah, we um, hear you. Yeah, um, greetings, guys, greetings, callers, and uh, listeners. Uh, basically, from, from my standpoint, I've uh, been at my job for uh, four years now, and I'm trying to move up. Uh, I've been studying to get another certification to advance myself, um, I ask questions for, in regards to the department that I want to move towards to. I've actually gotten in contact with them, and I've made a concerted effort to um, m- move my career up without the assistance of management or anybody else. Um, now, what I've run into is my manager, now accompanied with my director, seem to be um, sabotaging me, so to speak. I uh, recently had an issue with a client um, that was blown out of proportion, and instead of my manager coming to me and asking questions as to what transpired so he knew the full situation, he simply just put an email together and forwarded it to my director stating how um, I didn't do my job properly. He didn't give any solutions on how what I should do, but just stated that, I didn't do my job properly, and I should apologize for the work that I did that was incorrect. (laughs) And um, immediately once I saw it, I sent an email back stating we need to have a meeting, uh, the manager and director. Once I had a conversation and started talking, I explained exactly the point that I just stated, which is what was the purpose of that email from a manager if he's not trying to get a solution? If that email is sent to the director and the director is reading it, then what is the sense of the manager being there if he's not actually trying to resolve the problem? He's simply just stating that I did something incorrect without any proper solutions. And I've reiterated that this is not the first time he's done this, and that's my issue with it is that this is not anything constructive at all. The director, which was to my surprise, told me that, you know, next time just email me and CC me in the email and then we'll take care of it and that, you know, I'm looking at things from the wrong angle and I'm taking it personal and I need to stop dwelling in the past about issues I've had with my manager in the past and that I'm being passive-aggressive and that actually – um I've maintained my composure, but that actually upset me the most because none of what he said was accurate as far as a response, as far as uh, telling me I'm passive aggressive when I was the one setting up the meeting. And then secondly, um, if I'm correct, this is not the past. The email he just sent out was this week. And I'm trying to get a solution of what kind of communication should I have gone about doing? And he has no answer for that. And, um, The manager who basically initiated a lot of this was just silent on the phone. He didn't speak at all, and um, I could tell that there was some kind of conversation, obviously, prior to having the meeting with me for obvious HR reasons. Um, But I'm in a little bit of a tough situation because now I got a phone call from a client telling me that my manager contacted her asking if I did my job. Um, she contacted me because she was infuriated because he shouldn't have been calling her about anything because she had um, requests prior that he never answered. So, and this is not the first uh, client that's contacted me and said that he's following up and checking up on me. Um, so it's a bit, of, a, bit, a bit of a dilemma, and I am doing what a uh, uh, retired firefighter just spoke about, which is gathering all my emails. I've been gathering emails since last year, and now I have to set things, put things together, do a timeline, and um, with notes and comments. But I have to be honest: in the middle of COVID and nutty presidential debates and all these other things that kind of conflict, along with trying to study to move further, it's extremely frustrating. And I've been trying my best to do things that are optimal to keep my health in check like trying to just go to sleep and work out and things but it is becoming burdensome and i'm trying to figure out if there are any other options but i i'm I'm not quite sure i am not quite sure and that's what i like bring to the table tonight is i'm not sure if there's another avenue besides that and just leaving the companies you know with that said i will mute my lunch Hmm.
3: Much obliged, sir. Uh, Burn out. Wow. Um, Those type of situations, uh, and and I've seen that consistently myself, uh, I've experienced it personally, where there's some sort of charge or accusation that you did something incorrect. And as opposed to even number one, what what they say with the cliche that's supposed to apply, uh, innocent until proven guilty. We don't have to say that because this isn't a criminal matter, I don't think. But they could at least <laughs> like, oh, well, let's investigate. As you said, let's let's see what happened. Let's all come and, and sit down and see if we did something wrong. We it. figured it out could be a teachable moment. That's another one they use. We'll, we'll figure it out, and we'll make sure that everybody's on the same page about what's supposed to be done, and we'll, we'll do our inquiry to even see if this charge is true, because it might be, you know, that happens, too. We get false accusations. Oh, no, no, no. We don't do any of that. We skip the whole due process component and skip right to let's email the most powerful white person we can find and let them know what a no-count coon uh, this is. And this council just messed over our cut, co- and I mean it's like, well, wait a minute. Like what what did I do wrong? Like, let's get to that first. We can't even slow down. What did I do in collect? Like, let's make sure that I'm not committing the same error. If I did do something wrong, let me get a chance to go no, 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 no. He <laughs> just go ahead. Oh, he's a no. I can't believe it. It's disgraceful. No problem. Maybe it's a training issue. They have that happen sometimes. Where I've seen that, where a white person goes out and does something wrong, and it's oh, this is a training problem. We'll get you retrained. They don't even did they come to you and offer any retraining? Maybe you you know need to we need to get you a little bit more training. It's been stressful with the Rona. Was training offered?
2: Not at all. the 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 issue that I really take is the fact that there was another. Basically, I spoke to another non-white a black male in my group. The majority of my group is white and um, so-called white. And the interesting thing that occurred was I went around asking other workers, saying, out of the eight, are you having the same problem? Have you seen this? Have you had emails like this forwarded to the director? And they all come back and say no, except for the other black male. He literally said to me, oh, I get that all the time. That's the first time you're getting it? And I said, wait a minute. You haven't told me that you've been getting these emails. And then he said, no, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, he's going to keep doing that and trying to undermine you and stuff. And just make sure you uh, have some clients that got your back. That's what his um, thought process on it was. But he's been at the company for over 20 years. He's 60 years old, and he has a lot of tenure. I'm not in that same position to do that. So I'm not really keen on that, but I had no idea he was experiencing the same thing. <laughs> not at all, you know, but I don't think I could bring up race in this scenario. Cause I don't think I'd win that case either. Can I be
1: heard? Retired
8: firefighter in Florida. <clears throat>
1: Yes, just what you what you just finished saying. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be the one that would bring that up directly. Uh this situation sounds like a uh, due process. It sounds like a, a due due process equal protection under the law type of situation. Uh uh and uh, uh I would, you know, keep that keep that in mind. Uh and uh yeah uh and I would uh probably deal with it from from that from that point of view uh also uh I heard you mention about uh the uh the ambition of pursuing uh certifications uh that is a standard means uh that a employee can uh, maneuver uh about a a job and or profession uh to uh place themselves in a favorable uh situation is by certification so that you you're 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 on it with that, you know, and, and uh attempt to keep that up, you know, as far as uh, uh obtaining certifications for what you what you want to do and where you want to be at. Uh but uh the situation I'm listening to sounds like a uh, a due process type of thing, whereas you're kind of like being singled out yourself and other and may, it may be some other non-white black people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it, it is definitely that, uh, and um, I felt I actually felt bad for the non-black male that's that black male that's working with because. You know, as a, as an older gentleman, him tolerating it, I can't imagine the same thing being, I mean, I don't know. I guess as I get a little bit older in age, I have less patience sometimes for dealing with upright racism when I could tell what it is. And I I give him credit for being able to consistently work, but I, I still think he's putting himself through so much by not, in some form or another, addressing it. But he did give me a bit of advice, um, which I have been working on which is getting, and basically on the show, we've spoken about this prior, which is getting another more powerful white male to tell them, as Trump would say, stand down. And um, I, re- I I have those contacts, and I, I was holding back on using them, but I think I may not have another choice. The only issue is once that happens, it'll cause a trigger in the department with the director and the manager where well, they'll then really look at me to try to make sure they can, um, quote, unquote, undermine me one way or another. But the thing that I'm really struggling with is I'm trying to get out of the department when I get this next certification, and I inform them of that. So why are you coming after me? I want to leave. You figure they would do the opposite and leave me alone, but I'm not, that part I'm, I'm still confused about, and I don't really do, I don't really want to get into that discussion with them. Obviously, I'm just trying to again stay the course and keep moving forward with these with these certs. You know.
9: Can I say something? Really we did
3: fun? talk about that in the book club yesterday. Yes, man. Just give me. I want to say one thing really quick. Mm-hmm. We did talk mm-hmm. about that in the book club, like specifically yesterday in case uh, in terms of uh, the dominant case uh, making it impossible or really circuitous for non-white people to get certificates to improve their lot in life to get a better job or better salary that type of thing all over the world how that sort of thing was common in a long history of that this might be might just say might be an example of you said you let them know I'm trying to get these certifications and move. I'm like, well, oh, we got an aspiring nigra here, uppity nigra here. Huh. Oh. We just, you know, mistreat. I said that before. We're non white, excuse me, we're racist where they see us, non white people. And we're not even, you know, trying to cause them any problems for a We just have our own project. That is more than enough to extra attention, extra mistreatment doled out on this one just wanted to get that in really quick. So, uh, the real, real female quick, that
2: was, was that in the book, the book club? Yes, I have the book, but I, I haven't been able to get on. Yes. That,
3: was, yes. that was in oh, the book man. club. She talked about how they would not allow black people to have certain jobs. Like that is a major part of the so-called case system to deny them. jobs. She said that specifically, we were, we said that in fact, when she said it, one of the listeners wrote in, and he said, hey, we talk about that all the time on workplace racism, where they don't let black people get certifications or they make it really, really cumbersome. And, you know, you have to go through 50 flaming hoops with someone throwing knives. <laughs> we just talked about this like 24 hours and it's in the book
2: explicitly. Yes. I I, I got to catch up on it. I, I haven't been reading it because I just haven't had the time. I'm focused on, again, what I'm trying to accomplish um, I'm sorry, I, well, I interrupted the Burn email caller, please.
9: I was just going to say what Gus said. The reason they're making it hard is because you told them, I feel like I'm a huge proponent of moving in silence. Get your search. even lie. Like, I'm okay, I've said this before. There might be a beneficial use for lying in your workplace. Not about, you know, unethical things, but your movements, what you do in your free time, who you really are, how you really think about things, you know, having a codified response, a way of, you know, keeping their evil eye off of you. And I think because you told them that you want to move out of the department and do something, they will make it more difficult. I th- I even alluded a little bit during a performance review that I recently had because I was concerned about what was written in, you know, my moving on. And I actually said that. I said, what will happen when I moved on? The white woman's face was stuck. She couldn't believe it. Move on. Where on earth would you go? It was like, what? Move on? Like she, she it never she was not ready she wasn't ready for that. So I would just say you've already said it, so now they know your intentions for going forward. Perhaps be silent. Move in silence and let your success be annoyed. Thanks.
2: I appreciate
3: I think yeah, some I, other folks. Much obliged, Emmy. Uh, oh, was that? Was that someone else? Maybe not. Uh, I was just going to say, much obliged, Emmy. Uh, I think we've had a number of uh, callers, victims of racism, who have talked about being in a workplace setting where, hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. We're all still learning, but they think like, dang, maybe I shared a little bit too much information with them. Like, dang, I gotta be a little more careful about giving out unnecessary information and it's it's not like we're telling our whole story, you know, and what have you. It's just basic thing, and trying to get a problem solved, like, you know. But just being really mindful about that and particularly anything that is something Negras are not supposed to be doing. Like I talked about I think vacations before I talked about that, vehicles, clothing, a wedding birth of a new child, uh, anything like that. Yeah, those are most of the big ones. A new house, anything like that. No, not sharing anything like that at all. (laughs) Like uh, nothing good, nothing excitement, no goals, anything like that. Uh, I mean, just really, I'm washing clothes. That's it. You know, I'm real basic. dude. I'm catching up on sleep. Real basic things like nothing like that, because we've seen that time and time again. We've had uh, black people who called in and said it was a workplace situation where, oh, I'm about to get married. What? Fired. <laughs> oh, I got a new car. What? All these problems. Same type of that we had a different black person who said he was going to get uh, a certification and you get this and you get more money and bam, same thing. All these difficulties and that type of thing. We had a different black male. It was a certification where the job had agreed if you qualify, if you pass this course or some kind of training, if you pass it, we will reimburse you for the cost of the training. And it was like a, it was not like a cheap thing. It was hundreds of dollars, and he went through, passed with flying colors, and then they didn't reimburse him. Like, oh yeah, we we switched up new new policy. We, we can't. uh, yeah, we we can't do that anymore. I'm so I'm just congratulations on getting it, but yeah, we can't do it. And it was like they were making snide remarks around it. It was more than just they reneged. It was they made it plain that aspiring negros, like, oh yeah, we yeah, we do not appreciate the motivated
2: coon. I I, I gotta say this Gus, I I do the two things. And one of them was more of a question is. I do have a strategy as far as reaching out to my client base, producing a sort of survey and having them answer the survey in regards to what they feel about my performance as also a backup, and then also going around to my coworkers, who I have no problem with outside of three three white males. Three of the white males, I keep my distance. You know, they're the smiling, laughing in your face, what's up, bro, what's up, man, and talk all that nonsense behind the back, and it always comes back to me. So I'm trying to gather that, and then I'm going to put that forward and I want to know if people think that's a good idea. I, I'm hoping it is because I've been kind of banking on that as another aspect as far as well-documenting everything else. But the other thing is I do – and I don't have – I mean, if you go into my office, you won't know it's my office unless you see the name tag. There are no pictures of me. There's no candy on my table. The only thing that's underneath my table is another pair of shoes. And occasionally, and this was the only mistake that I think I made as far as releasing information about myself, is that I had books at my desk that I was reading. And one of them was The Man Night. And <laughs> I, oh, I didn't think Lord. about it at the time. Hello? Yeah, I again, I, I didn't think about it at the time but because I had other books that were – I had a very well diverse amount of books I'm bringing in. Like I brought in um, um, 48 Powers of Law, Robert Dream, and at one point my manager used to come in and go, oh, wow, you're reading this? Oh, you're reading that? And, and ask and go, hey, can I borrow it? I'll bring it back and this and this. And I'm like, well, I'm not done with it, you know, type of thing. But those – that – things like that, I feel like I made mistakes on because I think it revealed a little bit too much as you as you just as everybody just pointed out, I I did too much by having even just those books there. It it, it just was a a bad idea, as well as the release of the certificate information I was talking about.
3: My goodness. Oh, we have we have talked about uh, books. Specifically, that I left that off the list. I said vacations and wedding and new baby and new vehicle. Blah blah blah. Left books off the list, and we talked about books specifically. uh that's another one. We've had a number of people who have had all kinds of problems for bringing books on the job. Number one, I'm supposed to listen to Chris Rock. Everybody loves Chris Rock. Chris Rock said, "Black people don't read." not supposed to have reading niggers. white people we talked about that this week too white people put in a lot of time and energy you could be killed for reading the book you're not supposed, they're not supposed to have reading niggers especially now in 2020 you should be talking about getting a ps5 and you know some other goofiness so you doing, bringing bring in much less 48 laws of power the man I'm like what I, it's been my experience white people they are the surveillance kings we've had uh, a black person i know personally got uh copies of mr fuller's code book mailed to her job mysteriously the package was opened and her white co-workers told her oh we're so sorry dear the postman delivered it and said that a rat got inside we had different folks who came to work brought a book left it at the desk the wife who came and snatching up reading all through it once they stepped through. i mean we just we've had tons of them i would suggest if you bring books leave them in the vehicle leave them in the trunk in fact because uh, they might come by and snoop around your vehicle if you got them sitting on the seat uh, if you got to bring them inside or what have you i definitely would not leave them out like that i mean i just i've never heard where that made anything better where a black person made friends on a job, I have heard consistently where it caused problems, snooping, bad things. Even we had another one. This was uh, in 2014. Kamisha M. Africa. She had the ISIS papers. This was a non-white person. Uh, she recommended it. He went and snitched on her and took it to white and said, Look what she's reading. Look at this kind of cool we got work <laughs> like i've heard all kinds of work. in fact i had recommended for a long time if you gotta if you absolutely gotta have that book inside where you work with you put it in your briefcase if your purse is big enough put it in your purse i'd say the drawer but they snoop a lot that's probably not going to be good enough get a book jacket and i don't mean the one that comes get it with it i mean take like a brown paper bag like you did in elementary school or what have you if they still do that and cover it so you cannot see the book. That's what I've recommended at minimum, because white people are super nosy. And they see a retired firefighter even said he got into That was another one. We got the Opalaka 3, and then we got this reading Nick Brahears talking about Malcolm X. Uh, and I think he got a report, and they said he's reading uh, reverse racist literature here in the fire department. They called him in. And, well, what would you feel if uh, a white man wanted to read Hitler or some racist literature and that type of thing? White people do not need to know what you get from the library. That one causes lots and lots and lots of problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't really be mindful about what you share. That's why I said I wouldn't have anything in my office except things that I absolutely need to do my job. If I don't need the man, not Dr. Tommy Curry, if I don't need that to do my job, leave it in the trunk.
1: Mm. Mm uh let's I see understand. uh
3: we have other all still learning all still learning all still learning uh did we have other folks with any suggestions for our, our caller here on you know dealing with that situation or if you got your own issues certainly feel free
10: can i be heard Just <laughs>
7: i'll wait
1: Go ahead, the Hi. female. Can go, go ahead.
10: Thank you. Um, um, thanks for taking my call. Hi to everybody on the line. Um, I'd like to share my workplace racism. So, um, I have the little, um, I have the two, um, children, and the same supervisor the Spanish speaking. Um. Supervisor and um I think there's another supervisor too, and then there's a a, a black one um, and I found out yesterday that it's a three tier um supervisor, so it's just three supervisors on one child um i had i wa I hadn't gotten um all my hours um my because, because I'm supposed to have a certain amount of supervised hours every month and my Spanish-speaking supervisor is always so busy at home, she can't overlap on Zoom for... Now, mind you, I work five days, four for one, five for the other. I, I don't know how she's that busy, but she's so busy, so I got an email saying that... um I I didn't have enough um, supervised hours, and it was with the supervisor. Well, you know, um, carbon copy to the supervisor. So um, It was an overlap uh, that I had, but um, she canceled. She only did an hour of it because the little girl wasn't feeling. um, Well, she just said she didn't look like she would be productive for the rest of the time, so she canceled it, and she said she was still, I would still get the conversation for the full session. So um, I left an hour, or oh, 45 minutes early, and um, they asked, um, was, it didn't convert over. So they asked, "Had um, did I um, do the session or did the supervisors overlap? And um, I stated, uh, and then they said if it, I did, it didn't convert over. So that's when I looked and it hadn't converted. I said I didn't know, but I did have a um, um, overlap, but the session was canceled early because, and I didn't state why, so I figured the supervisor would state why, and then she kind of added her little stuff. But when she does overlap with me, it just doesn't seem, it just seems like she's only overlapping to do the hours. It doesn't, I don't seem, I don't feel helped. So, I've had these children with well this little boy, maybe almost two months, maybe I don't know, and the little girl I know almost at least three months and she's supposed I can't bring my own normally before the um uh pandemic, I have my own supplies I have my own toys i don't I bring my own stuff. Because it's easier to control your own stuff versus their stuff so um I don't bring anything, which is great, but it makes it hard working with the children. So she's supposed to bring in all the stuff that I don't know what she's talking about because nobody talks. Um, I mean, with the children, they don't know how to talk. So the little girl, I'm able to teach her a lot of little words. So it's a little better, but she still can't talk. So when I had the supervisor come in on yesterday on my... um. I think it was just this week. She popped in on my um, session, my morning session with the little girl, and um, I guess they just watch, observe, and uh, if they have anything to say or any direction to give you, maybe they give it to you. you know. So um, I asked her. I said, "So why? What? It, what? What is the goal here with this child? What? It, because everything." All the things that I'm supposed to do with her, it just doesn't work um, with the way she is. Everything needs to be rearranged. Um, I don't say anything because that's not my... No one's asked, for one, but that's not my position. And I figure with the credentials, they should be able to put that together. Um, The supervisor... She doesn't observe. She's either doing something else, typing, or even she comes and sits in. She's not doing. Maybe it's me. Maybe I, I don't know if I expect too much. So anyway, when I'm, I have to create different ways to get the goals done because they're still in, they still have to be ran regardless of if, they're not working. So um, the black lady, um, just she just did an hour. She observed. She asked if I have any questions, and I was asking her what was going on. And so she's the one that told me it was her 3 tier supervisors, and that just meant that it was three different supervisors observing and trying to assist with the little girl. But I don't know how many is with the little boy yet. So um, she was asking me something. And then I just told her, I said, "Well, the reason why the little girl is paused like this is because she has a uh, she won't she holds in her bowel movement, so she won't use she won't um, release her bowel. She holds uh, she holds it in as if someone's trying to take her purse and her rent is in there and she needs to pay it. That's how she holds her body. She's serious. She's not letting it go. And um." It's awful. And then she even, oh, it's awful. And then they're giving her things to, X-Flex-like things. I don't mean X-Flex in real life, but probiotic kind of things to make her release her, um, two different things. To, and they put it in her bottle. So she's still on the bottle and she's still in the diaper. But one of my goals is to do a dry pant check. So I don't run it because I don't feel like playing. But my supervisor told me, just put, something she said but I tuned her out because I'm not doing that so with the um, black supervisor she asked me something about the potty training I said well she's in diapers and she just said well that's good to know and then I just asked her can I email her separately and she said yeah and I'm only saying that to say they're not putting that she's in diapers. They're not putting that she's on a bottle. But you want her to learn how to drink from a cup, but there's no goal to do that. But my for cup, say cup, cup, say cup. That's cup. Potty training, there is no potty training because she's in diapers. So the grandmother asked me today, said something about the potty training. I said, "Well, what you need to do? This is what you're gonna have to do for potty training." When our mama get home, she's like, so "Supervisor, she's not, you know, you know, she's not giving us anything to potty train her, and you know, she and they keep in mind that she's not, she's this way as far as the uh, boa constrictor not wanting to release her bowel movement. So I don't know what anyone thought." So I just told her, I said, this is what you're going to have to do when your daughter get off work. Instead of her doing whatever she do, she's going to have to get the little pot. You go back to the beginning, get your pot and sit her down to the side and train her because I'm not going to potty train her. And um, it's going to have to start here. That's how she's going to get potty trained in order to be able to go to school. So then she said, okay, well, I'll tell her mom. I said, yeah, that's how that's going to have to start. So um, I think I'll get more done um, uh, just dealing with the black supervisor, and then she can kind of rearrange things because she said she would rearrange a couple of things already. And um, then the other ones can kind of collaborate and do their own thing uh, as well, I, I guess.
7: And that's all. And thanks for taking my call. And, oh, as far
10: as dealing with people, um, because I used to work with seniors, too. And um, I had a couple of um, suspected racist um, senior citizens. And what I do is I'll just two-week notice you. But before that, I'll let you know. um, I'm not rude or just uh, courteous. But um, I'll let you know that I don't, you know appreciate how you talk to me. I had to tell one guy that you'd speak to me in a property ownership tone. And he's what? Like you speak to me in a property ownership tone. That's not true. And that's BS. And I'm ready to sleep. So just that kind of thing. So you just kind of shut it off and then you don't have that problem. Or well, not with that person. So that's all. And I'll meet my line. And
7: thanks for taking my call.
3: much obliged, our Bay Area mom, uh, the air is substantially better up here after the wildfires. I hope it's improved down there too. Um, That pattern, these lazy white people who are not working in their work environment, she's, you know, I'm on zoom, you know, I just can't do any overlaps, gotta gotta hang out in my footies, drink my latte on the computer here. Like, that's been a lot of 2020 uh, with Lazy Wife. And I talked about that with the scheduling and with burnout, why you have to go in and all this grueling work, which is at times made more difficult where she said, because you had shared previously where she had said, oh, we're going to do the overlap and oh, no, no, no I, can't. I can't do it. And he's like, well, the only reason that I was going to do this job was because you're going to be here now. I'm like, what? All year long, uh really throughout the system of racism, white supremacy in terms of white people, just being trifling and lazy, not working. And then black people, victims of white supremacy, having to do extra work, uh, and or having a more difficult situation because of the lazy antics of white people, um, with this child, like, I don't know, Well, I guess number one, make sure I get with the supervisor being lazy here and incompetent with working with this child as well. Like she's not sharing strategies or, whatever else, if it's, if it's resources, cause I know sometimes they have little potty gadgets and things to kind of help make it a more pleasant, enjoyable experience for the child and everything. Like if she's not doing those things like sharing <clears throat> strategies and what they need to be doing, um, with this child so that she can be better, uh, so that she can, you know, mature, develop, you want them to hit all their, their growth stages and things. Um, and then it's, it also sounds like in addition to this lazy white woman, not, uh, not giving them proper instructions, proper information. I don't know. Or it could be that alone, but somehow encouraging this expectation that you will do this. You will do the potty training for the time. I mean, we talked about that too. That's mission Creek. Now, that's not even why I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> like, come on. Like we've had that consistently with these parents where you are come in, and it's like they're taking advantage of you, which happens a lot of times with black workers. Like, I'm supposed to be here, as I said before, to do A, B, and C. Now, I'm we're at Q, R, S, T, U, and we added some numbers in. Like, where's the potty training? That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Nip it in the butt. That's where having black self respect there to tell her, Aunt, you all are supposed to be doing this. The supervisor's being negligent in her duties, but. She's supposed to be helping with, you know, getting you resources or whatever it is to get a plan together so that we can do this and and have her make some success there. And same thing, cause she talked about too, if you have to work with elderly clients or whatever it is, and they got whatever excuse that I just got to call you a nigger today, nip it in the bud. And she said, I'm professional. I don't curse them out. None of that. Just you're going to speak to me in a professional manner, two weeks notice. Or you gonna to speak to me in a professional manner. it at the knees. Uh, let's see. Look at the clock. Er, yeah, like fifteen minutes left uh in the program. So let me see. Is anybody I heard retired firefighter, thank you for yielding, sir. Is anybody we missed totally? Like you are hanging out, hand up, you have not spoken at all. Yeah, we heard. We nabbed everybody, nobody we missed.
8: May I be heard? Caller in Florida, yes, sir. Yes, sir, thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners, and callers. Um, I just wanted to share some reports. Uh, my first report, it does go on the importance of emailing, I had this situation where I was uh, picking up some files from the child support area, and I was speaking to another victim of racism. And as you say, white people in their nosy the intent are trying to figure out what black people are talking about. She interrupts and says, oh, well, hey, uh, did you get the uh, that next list of, of copies for me or, or that next list of files for me I said I believe I did so can you show me anything so I went into the office and she said oh, I think it was this one so I said just send it to me in an email right so I get to the desk I see <laughs> I see the the email and these were the files that I just brought back from there all right so documentation I sent back a response. I said these files have already been delivered. Thanks. And then I put my name. <laughs> uh so that definitely neutralized that situation, but she was see, she was practicing racism. Um, just this blurting out anything to uh disrupt to black people speaking. Uh, my second observation or experience was um, the supervisor walked up to me earlier this week with the timesheets for uh, the paycheck? Um, so when she hands it to me, she says, "says Hey, uh, your, pay- your 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 timesheet is just so beautiful," and she's comparing it to another timesheet in her hand. You know, it doesn't have all of these issues and problems on it like right now like on this one. It doesn't look like all the things on this one. And that's the time sheet of the victim of racism, um, a, a black female co-worker sitting right across the room. So there it is again, uh, and this is by a different supervisor, trying to cause strife and conflict among victims. So the person didn't respond. I didn't respond I just said something like, thanks, and, you know, I signed my time sheet, gave it back to her. But that was vicious, in my opinion, racist, too. Um, Number three, I got a call from a customer. He was talking about the the felon voting rights in Florida. So I looked up his case, and, uh, you know, he had some fees. So I guess it was some kind of a, uh, I guess, attachment to the rule or whatever, where if the felons have fees or, or um, like, a cost or whatever on that court case, they may be uh, hindered from voting. So he kind of went on to talk about how DeSantis and his Republican friends are trying to disenfranchise the, the felon vote. And he used the word disenfranchise again and he says, yeah, you know, the black people, all of the black people, they like the lock up. So, you know, I'm, I just listened to like maybe one or two more sentences. Uh, and uh, then I got off of the phone with him. So I just basically told him to, I guess, get back in contact with the collections area or, you know, the criminal courthouse supervisor of elections. But they told him that he would be able to vote. So that was one of the calls I got on that. My next one is uh, the uh, black female manager uh, strategically entered the room and says, "Uh, you know, you guys, we haven't had a powwow in a while. So I said, huh, powwow, huh? So I looked that word up, and I think it's got some Native American association. I just thought it was an interesting term. Uh, You know, I just wanted to get – how all of your feelings are given what's been going on the last couple of months, because this is going to be our, our new normal for the next couple of months. So I don't know. If she was, I think she was probably trying to get my knowledge on things after I sent that email. Cause I still didn't get a response, like a email response, but it's still dated August the 21st, uh, still going without a response yet. They're just doing other things. So I think I was being targeted, but she was just trying to get everybody, I guess, in a conversation. But that was on Wednesday, and nothing was followed up with that. Uh, I was looking through my emails, and there was um, like a word of the day that me and two uh, people from IT – well, they would send me words of the day. I guess they were subscribe to Dictionary.com, um, and I found one word that was called lexophile, like a a use of um, words or a love for words or something like that. And I put that in my save uh, my save emails because you know I just couldn't remember so many words that they were sending, and I thought it was interesting, like how. They have a way of using words like, um, you know, uh, to write with a broken pencil is pointless. You know, they had these all of these kinds of wordsmith examples. So that was another one. Uh, I have two more. Um, another, well, the, I call her the queen of the click. Um, she walks by with her mask between two black people and says I can't breathe this mask is annoying I have allergies like that's a direct quote um as she was walking out uh and there is a quote from another click member of Facebook but it wasn't from her it was uh from another white person that responded to it it was a a video of it looks like some teenagers looking in a vehicle or trying to break into a vehicle. A white woman says, I let the dogs out, all of them little bastards. And a white male responds, I would have too, but then you will be the bad guy because you let your dogs attack kids that are trying to rob you. A white woman says, I'll be that cracker. Most my dogs are little and they're meaner than 100-pounders. There'll be, like, four rat terriers on each leg and a bulldog on each throat. Hashtag stand your ground. Um, So that's one that I screenshot earlier this week. And, you know, once again, the the degenerate violence and the barbarism. Uh, And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak.
3: Hmm. I'm glad we did not have severe computer problems or at least not severe enough to impede the completion of Romaine Gary's White Dog. Wow. Begrudgingly in Gus T's top 10 along with The Man Knot, although that one is not begrudgingly there. Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> like, the graphic nature of it. I mean, no thought that you know, maybe I might want to run for president or mayor, governor of Florida one day, and they might want to vet my social media. But like, whoa, what is this here? You're talking about sicking the dogs on the channel? No. Like, nope. No shame. No fear. We did the Florida retreat, the Florida, uh, the Cow's Counter Racist Yoga Retreat in Florida, which seems like it was about. 50 years ago now but it was at the beginning of this year we saw the sign the florida cracker i got the uh picture on my facebook page in my phone no less uh but the florida cracker talking about the proud history of the florida cracker it continues even during the rona it continues uh let's see she said on the throat i mean Let's see. Um, the I can't breathe, that sort of thing. I probably would not have grasped back when I was confused about racism. That sort of deliberate. That's what we talked about this week. The racist jokes and white people deriving entertainment from mocking black people. And there has been lots of examples of black people making little jokes and ditties out of I can't breathe, but doing that for years. In fact. <laughs> This mask, you niggas are annoying. <laughs> this mask is annoying just like you all. Uh, let's see. We got... Why are people wearing masks? Anyway, just all of the Halloween stuff seems grossly out of place for this year for about a billion different reasons. Anywho. Um, the voters down in Florida, I saw a report that that's another one that they've been talking about. That was... Uh, How Ron DeSantis got in in office, if I remember, that was a big talking point during the election, uh, saying, man, you're trying to turn all these convicts and rapists out and just have them going willy-nilly at the ballot box and, and just pick anybody that they want to. Ron DeSantis, current governor, probably went another term or so down there. Uh, but that is fascinating to have such an impromptu dialogue for someone to dial in. And I think that's the way they explained it. That's the way I remember it was that, yeah, you have to, if you, all your court fees are taken care of and all the rest of it, then whample, because they know that's going to flow a whole lot of folks down. Like they will, you know, have all sorts of, you know, exorbitant fees uh, for your wrongful arrests and, convictions and all the like. So that could keep you tied up for years trying to pay off all the fees. Um, let's see. And it's a demo. She said, "Sicking the dogs on children that was Ferguson. It wasn't just sticking the dogs on black people. It was sicking the dogs on black children exclusively. Uh, let's see the the timesheets like the tackiness of racist man, racist woman cannot be like minimized like something as innocuous as a time sheet. Like just, you got it turned in on time. It's complete. All right. We'll get you your, your money in the mail. Nice seeing you. No, 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 no. I got to come and play and under the guise that I'm just going to give you a time. She's beautiful. You did such a great job. Oh, it's just fake. No, 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 no. Just to unlike this one. (laughs) <laughs> Over here can't even spell Just look at this. Absolutely disgraceful. My dog could do a better job putting out a time sheet. I mean, look at this look at it. Look at it. We we'll get you to offer a training. Right? Consistent. Can't just be thank you for getting your time sheet in. Keep it moving. Social distance. No, no, no. Can't miss out on an opportunity. Even if it's not talking bad about you. I'ma give a compliment to you just so that I can talk bad about another black person. <laughs> doesn't get any better than Tacky. That's a sell time, too. I'm not even, you know, if you have something nice to say, if it's a compliment, I'm not getting riled up about that either because that's probably not sincere. Just like the white fellow that was mentioned at the beginning of the program, he said he was sitting there clenching his jaw the whole time. Let's see. The, uh, The, oh, my goodness, now talk about Tacky. That's another one. We've had that before. I think uh, it's not Mr. Fuller, but it is one of the students who attended Dr. Wellsing's lectures. He talked about, you know, I listened to Mr. Fuller and, you know, regardless of what you think, if you're hearing it for the first time and it sounds a little zany, it's logical. It works. Just give it a try and, you know, stay calm. It works. And he was saying that on his job, uh, it was a white person there And they said, Hey, I'm, you know, trying to be a helpful white person. Let me know what you need. And he said, Oh, okay. Just tell me constructive information in a time that I can use it. Never lie to me and make sure you share any pertinent or helpful info that you think I should know that it would benefit me to know, uh, help keep me out of trouble or help me advance my career or in life in general. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he said. Uh, if you can get a white person to agree to that on any job, well then Bravo, apparently this white person agreed and said, okay. So some time passed, maybe in days, weeks, whatever, some time passed after he said, okay, agreed to this. And he came, he said, okay, you told me I'm supposed to share. The black fella said that he and another black guy were outside. They were not, they did not have the man, knot or any other incendiary literature. They were just talking, you know, Hey, what's up, bro. What you doing? Oh, okay. Right. Right. Not name calling, nothing, just civil dialogue. The white fella came up and said, okay, you told me I'm supposed to share constructive info with you. Here we go. Uh, you need to cut that out. Do not be hanging out and fraternizing with another black person in the hallway. He said, really? We, what, what did we do? Were we talking about something wrong? I thought we were just having a little quick workplace. We don't like seeing that. We don't want to see you all hanging out and being cordial there. Cut that out right now. I said, dang, just us just being friend, courteous. We don't want to see that. Cut that out right now. I told you. We got an agreement, so I'm telling you. Cut that out right now. I've heard that one a few times as well. That's what I mean, not only just under surveillance, but that's how crucial it is the system of white supremacy. We are supposed to be named are you coon, Sambo, Uncle Tom and looking ring ring. You're not doing that? You all are being civil? Courteous? Oh, did you get enough water today? Oh, I'm gonna get a little bit more, make sure I get my full gallon in. Oh, okay. Right, oh blah. You're not talking about the election. You're not bad-mouthing Trump. You're not gluten because he got the Rona. None of that. You could be talking about workplace stuff in a cordial manner. Eh, ruined my whole day. I'm mad now. Ugh. Look here, nigga. I got work to do. Get in there and file those papers. Okay. okay. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> and then you get back. But I I think I already, I already filed these. It kind of gives me the impression you just... He just wanted to break up our conversation
8: <laughs> and he's had a
3: few of them. Cause he said he had some where it was, he was talking to another black person and the white person just came in and hopped in the conversation. I don't even have anything to say. I just want to, I just want to jump in with what you niggers talking about. Very, very common in the system of whites. But that's another one. I feel like if I didn't, if I didn't really grasp racism, I would not have thought about, it. I just wouldn't be thinking that way. Who thinks that way? Racist man, racist woman, racist child. But I would have been totally confused about just something that simple causing a problem in the workplace. That's why I said, too, about I wouldn't talk about racism in the workplace. White people are nosy, even if they can't hear what you're talking about. Just look look at those coons in the corner. What are they up to? What are they plotting? Got to be mindful of a lot of things in the workplace. Uh, let's see. Much obliged caller uh, in Florida, uh, retired firefighter. Did you have a comment to get in before we wrap things up, sir?
1: Yes, I, I was just going to uh, reemphasize uh, the what I identify as a fact that white people are natural spies on uh, non-white people. Uh if you check all of the quote unquote uh, human senses, they they check they they check us on what we look at as far as reading is concerned. Uh, even even the our food choices they are they're spying on they're actually a spying a spy on our food choices. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, that's what white people do. Uh, and they're very they're some for the most part they're pretty coy about it and is it is not just sectioned with an age group little white children will spy on you and tell their parents about what that nigger was doing in daycare uh uh or what what he or she was reading or something like that uh at and they would they would explain it at, at whatever you know level that that they they are at but uh they do that that's something that they do and uh that is that is identifiable with what it is to be a white person is that they have to do that so just be aware of that and govern yourself accordingly uh if you don't want certain things to be exposed about yourself uh other than you are your job's best worker. <laughs> you know, uh, if that's the only thing you want to be uh, emphasized, then uh, keep in mind uh, about everything else that you may have with you on your person, uh, as I think Gus mentioned uh, on the uh, inside of your vehicle, which they certainly would walk through parking talking areas and see what's on the seats and whatnot, that sort of thing. Uh they are very observant. That's it.
3: For sure. Uh I believe oh wait a minute, did I get through I think I got through all the emails. I think I got through all the emails. Uh I double checked and i did not i would have read it already i think i got through all the emails but untiljustice at gmail.com uh if you have any other emails we did our three hours if i didn't get it in i think i did though but i didn't get it in we will pick back up once the computer problems have been vanquished uh much obliged for everyone tuning in hope it was worthy of your friday evening folks Given watching the basketball game or football I'm stunned that they brought freaking college football, uh, that more of it is coming back. Like the absurdity of it all. Uh, but hope it was worthy of your Friday evening and helpful with some logical things. People can apply, uh, to help them, uh, in the workplace, mind your mental health. We did not do all that talking about burnout for no reason. Uh, we will not be here tomorrow because of said computer trouble. Uh, if something miraculous happens between now and then, and uh, one of my devices is working, then I will post accordingly and uh, we will, you know, get to it. But uh, it looks like uh, both machines are down, so I will not be able to do any broadcasting until computer problem has been resolved one way or another. Uh, it would look like new computer. Uh, so if folks would like to invest, uh, until justice at gmail.com, you can drop an email. Uh, you can hit my blog, racism hyphen notes dot Listen to supported counter racist radio. I will post, uh, all the information, uh, where you can invest on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, see if I can get it on the blog, although that'll be challenging without a computer. Uh, and other websites. Again, you can drop an email if you have questions. But I've been saying massive computer trouble. And today was the day. Uh, glad we were able to do workplace racism to at least get through this. Uh, if it was beneficial, uh, the upload will be delayed because I don't have a computer. So you can at least if people are you know questioning and what have you, if they email me, I'll let them know and post online as well. Uh, but yes, we will not be able to get the upload even to iTunes and the other spots. Uh, until the computer issue has been resolved. Much obliged for the folks uh, who emailed to help out even during the broadcast. Uh, With that, again, sobriety would be best under the conditions of white supremacy. We need our brain computer to the max for about a billion different reasons uh, to be thinking of solutions, new concepts, uh, healthy ways to respond in the system of white supremacy and they i they had a report on that this week i just saw that that was a had my massive computer shut down they said that doctors were reporting an uptick in medical problems associated with increased consumption of alcohol alcohol abuse consuming too much and particularly over the last, I guess, seven month period at this point, because so many people have been stuck at home and all the rest, and particularly so many white people have been whining about not being able to go to bars all over the world, whining about not being able to go to bars and all the rest, uh, that health officials are reporting a substantial uptick in alcohol related illnesses. So sobriety would be best. In addition to being sober, I still say it would be best to hunker down for many, 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 many reasons. Uh, if you got to go out, it should be essential. But if you are out, man, you have the head on a swivel. What is happening around me? What is going on? Man, I was out yesterday. I cannot believe it when things are still jolly. Computer was working. I was out. I went to the grocery store, called myself getting filling for egg rolls. And this is the one time I'm cool enough, I get a ride, I'm going down the road, and I look over to the left, there's a group of white people protesting. I said, what in the world? Like normally I'd have been out, I mean, this is on my road, too. So this is really close to my house, so normally I would have just walked from my house, I'm like, oh, what is going on here? Let me <laughs> take some notes. There was white people, a big, I didn't see anybody that looked like they'd be classified as not white, but it looked like a group of white people. They had literature, chairs, signs, posters i was absolutely stunned because i had not seen anything like this like in my area right, like, my neighborhood so called they are pro- it's called uh the seattle truth network that's what it's called you can look it up on my seattle truth network that's the website seattletruthnetwork.com and we have a, a statewide mask mandate from uh governor jay Inslee, who was a presidential candidate four more years and these white people say that they are not with all of that that it's tyranny, and that they said, well, you have to go read this. <laughs> Stunning, man. Stunning days and times that we are in. But there are many reasons to be in the residence. Uh, you have got white people out protesting all kinds of things, protests of all sorts, armed white people, the Rona, Lots of reasons to be inside, hunker down where it's safe. If you got to go out, be very, very mindful of what is happening around you. If it looks like things could escalate, you are in the wind, finding a safe escape. Uh, We are not trying to save face and we certainly are not having verbal confrontations with white people under the current conditions. Could be armed, definitely something to keep in mind. If you are gonna go out though, you are sober, driver or passenger, you are buckled. If you are behind the wheel, you are not on the cell phone. Number one, we really need to be paying attention to what's going on around us, stay safe. And we are trying to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no, just doing the small things to try to stay as safe as we can under extraordinarily dangerous conditions. All of that said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
8: Nigga, you so brainwashed.
6: I'm
0: a victim, brother.
3: You're
8: a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed
0: my conditioning.